Hey, Josh Williams here, guys, with another bonus episode of the One Man Podcast for you. Today, my guest is Rick Curry. Rick Curry is one of my favorite comics to work with and to watch. Um, I mentioned uh, a lot of positive things about Rick during this episode, so I'll try not to uh, overindulge you guys in them right now. Uh, but we have a great time talking. Rick is uh, is a fantastic comedian and a very, very successful writer. Um, there's a lot of huge shows in Canada that Rick has been a part of writing for over the years. Uh, you know, Open Mic with Mike Bullard. Uh, the Rick Mercer report. Um, there's a lot of different, uh, you know, shows like a, a big tenure in comedy, not to mention he's performed at all of the big festivals across the country just for laughs. Um, you know, Halifax comedy festival, things like that. So it was really cool. Rick's actually home right now. Usually, uh, spends his, you know, his, his seasons in Toronto, making the commute back and forth on the weekend, but during the summer he's home. So, uh, it was very cool to be able to just actually sit down with him and, and, uh, you know, shoot the shit and, and ask him questions and stuff. As usual, I uh, project a lot of my own questions and concerns and comedy stuff on my poor guests. But uh, we had a great chat about, you know, his, uh, his process with writing, um, what it's like to write for TV versus stand up, you know, like a couple of old guys, we get into conversations about the internet and apps and how that stuff's changing the world and how neither one of us is particularly good or interested in social media. But, you know, sometimes we like watching the fires go online. But it's a great episode. I had a lot of fun. Um, and I hope you guys enjoyed this conversation with the very funny Rick Curry. I will add just uh, very quickly that Rick has got a couple nights left in Ottawa at Absolute Comedy. Uh, he will be at Toronto and Kingston Cl Absolute Comedy Clubs as well. So go to absolutecomedy.ca. And of course, these bonus episodes are always brought to you by the partnership with Absolute Comedy. So I hope you guys get a chance to see Rick. Don't miss your opportunity uh, to see him. He's absolutely fantastic to watch. And I hope you guys enjoy this week's episode. Yeah! You know, you can decide whether or not that matters to you. You, know, you can decide that whether you care or not that these people are just off. Well, I think if that's as far as it went, I think if it's just like that you've upset people and these people will either never come to a show or they'll never, you know, consume your content or whatever it is. I'm like, I could live with right. that. Yeah. But yeah. I think the idea that it's like, oh, you can't say that because we're going to come after you. We're going to destroy you as a, a person or a business or an artist or whatever it is. That seems, I don't know, that seems too far. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and an internet mob can sort of do that, even if you're only on the radar for 48 hours. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, an internet mob can just drag you through, <laughs> ruin your whole life, and then move on to the next outrage. We're, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. I wish these people had hobbies other than destroying careers. Mm -hmm. I've started recording, yeah, so just so everyone. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so we've only got the, the tail end of that, and we can choose where to start from. I like to have it just come in organically as opposed to, I used to set them up. Hey, today my guest is to make them feel uncomfortable while I talk about all of their achievements. Right. This well, way I can. start started I, our conversation. <laughs> that's right. we hit record somewhere along the way. Yeah. And then it just seems like, oh, we just, oh, oh, hi, join us. Uh, you know, you just <laughs> Welcome. You stumbled in. Come in and sit down. Yeah. Yeah. We're recording in your, uh, your lovely backyard and a gorgeous deck, probably, uh, one of the nicest, uh, decks I've, uh, I've seen in quite some time. Thank you. I think yeah. real estate wise, it's very large. Uh, uh it, it is. Yeah. It's two levels, <laughs> 20 by 24, no, 28 by 12 and 20 by 12. Oh, okay. I was going to say, two, two I was going to say this seems which side's the 12 side. Cause they both seem, yeah, yeah. Two levels, 12 on it. Yeah. It's yeah. gorgeous. Yeah. Built, uh, by Jim McNally and me. 
That's right. And Jim's going to be one of my next guests coming up soon on the podcast. You guys just finished adding the fifth floor to your house. (laughs) (laughs) Try to build it up. Like, is this a giant castle? So outside of the city, basically. Your uh, your gate attendant was very nice when he let me in. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Thank you for doing this, my friend. Uh, My pleasure. Yeah, Yeah. I'm I'm happy to be here. And uh, hello to the fellow onesies out there. Oh, wow. You do listen to the podcast. That's very kind. Your time is precious. I, I have so many questions to ask you. I've written zero of them down because I don't like to write. That's that's your gig. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> You're the writer. Um I've had the I've had the pleasure of watching uh watching you work for such a long time now. Um I think maybe I'll just start the first thing I ever saw of yours was uh your OC Transpo bus strike song. Oh wow. For like that that's going back a ways. I think that was yeah. what, early two thousands? Yeah. Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah. 2006, maybe 2007. Uh, yeah. 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 Around that. So for everyone listening around the world, our entire city some time ago, oh yeah, just give me a call in the middle of the podcast. Let's go ahead and put that on silent. Uh, it's actually an old fashioned phone with a cord that Josh carries around with him. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I just make it sound, oh guys, sorry, I'm getting another call. You know, yeah. you know how this life is. Um, yeah, the, uh, our city, like the, the whole bus system went on strike for, it was quite some time if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it definitely dragged on a lot longer than anybody expected it to when it first started. And it was right in the middle of Christmas and January. Like it started before Christmas and went right through almost, I think, to the end of January. So a yeah. month and a half. Yeah, the worst weather possible in, in Ottawa. It's all the snow and slush and everything like that. Yeah, there. and picture like the hundreds of thousands of people that depend on it, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was it was a shit show. I'm trying to remember, was it like, like a skeleton crew of buses or was it absolutely no buses whatsoever i i can't remember i think i'm not sure yeah i think there were managers that were that were driving like the real the real uh you know main routes yeah like like just up and down the transit way yeah. and up and down bank street or something yeah i'm not sure though yeah i don't know because they, they need mechanics and shit too right so yeah. so i don't remember if they actually were any buses at all yeah yeah, as I far think, as I know, it was as good as shut down. Yeah. Right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you did a you did a parody song uh, of Johnny Cash's uh, what is it, Folsom Prison or whatever it's yeah, called, exactly. Folsom Prison Bruise. Yeah, Bruise? yeah. It was just the bus strike song. And, yeah. Uh, and it went viral, right? You had it on YouTube, or yeah, exactly. We did it at, like we were just having a show at Center Point Theater, and I just so I wrote it for that show just as a fun thing to do because the whole city was like in the middle of this miserable bus strike. Yeah. So yeah, so I wrote that, and then uh, my niece, who was like eight or nine at the time, uh, recorded it, and so we threw that up on YouTube, and yeah, it had like twenty thousand hits in in four days. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and yeah. and I think my mom had sent that to me. Oh yeah. So she's I don't know how she found YouTube. Yeah, I, I had people <laughs> sending it to me. Have you seen this? <laughs> That's me. That's me. What the fuck? Yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but I, yeah, I think I know where it's going. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Did uh, did OC Transpo ever like reach out to you or anything like that, or the the news, or did you ever? Uh, you no, know, I never heard from OC Transpo. I heard from some bus drivers. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, tell me. Who, uh, well, no, actually, though, I you know I got a bunch of email during that time because, like, you know, all these people, you know, even if one out of a hundred write to you, that's that's still a lot. Yeah. And, uh, so no, I remember I got a few from bus drivers saying, Hey, I'm a bus driver and I think this is funny. This is good. You know, like, so, 
Okay, so good natured, not like, hey, this is not funny, this is serious. You're like, well, what the fuck? Yeah, exactly, because I slammed both sides. You right. Know, I slammed the mayor and I, you know, took a couple shots at OC as well. And so <laughs> that's what you're supposed to do, right? With right. satire, you're supposed to just sort of see the truth and say it and not pick sides, you know? I mean, that's the best satire anyways. Right. Yeah, right. like it's, it's always easy to just pick a side too, I guess, and slam away at the other. It just feels, it feels so boring when that's the case. Cause you know what you're going to get. Like if you're, if it's a show or something like, you know, right now, uh, Kimmel is going to go at Trump like every episode. That's right. Do you know yeah, what I mean? And so Colbert like, and Seth Meyers. And, yeah. yeah everybody, yeah. everybody's like, Oh, Trump. It's like, I don't care anymore. Like I, I do, but I don't like. Can, yeah. I, well, not to mention these guys are still also just part of the big Trump show, right? Like, yeah. He gets his strength from people saying his name and now we're doing it. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, everybody. And but, I never, uh, yeah. I never do it. Like I, I've done, I'll do shows for people. I'm like, you know, I, you guys have anything you want to, and they're like, oh, Trump. I'm like, no, no, don't care. Yeah. Don't care. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Even if it's negative, you're still yeah. adding to the. the well, you could spend all day on the world. internet. Yeah. Right. And you all day on the internet and just absorb, absorb. Like it's not enough for you guys. Like there's no, no part. You're like, ah, macaroni and cheese for dinner again, again, again. Like what? <laughs> Something different, please. <laughs> right. right? Yeah, and Trump would be there. I'm going to put hot dogs in there for you. <laughs> hot, dogs in hot dogs in 2022. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. That's just, I don't know. That's how I feel about it. So I, I'm, I don't like to find the, the ones where so I, I used to not really like, uh, air farce. For the reason that, like, I, I just, it didn't matter what they were saying. Like, you knew the punchline was going to be like, you know, someone being, oh, did you hear about that big garbage dump and blah, blah, blah. Nah, it smells worse than the new liberal candidate. <laughs> like, I, yeah, you know where every punchline's going. Yeah, right? I'm yeah. like, I'm like, I think it's almost like they have like one of those email templates where they just, it's always the same thing and they just put the name in for you. Oh, thank you, Josh Williams, for applying for this job, but we've decided to pursue other candidates. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. That was a copy and paste email. They feel like copy and paste jokes. Yeah, mail merge. Yeah. yeah. So um, I kind of, uh, like I said, I'm at a bit of a, a loss as to where to start because of the fact that that your accolades, and of course, I've already said them in something that I haven't recorded yet. Let's mention them some more. That, let us, let us. <laughs> no, no, but I, I, I think you're incredibly it's accomplished. It's just uh, because I've been hanging around for so long, right? Like you just- That's horseshit. I know guys who've been hanging along, around for a long time. That that have not come anywhere near the uh, the the accomplishments and the accolades. That's very that's very humble of you, but but uh, I I know a lot of people in the community that that your name is what comes up when a lot of guys talk about the the work ethic and things like that. Wow. Okay. Um, well, yeah, that is that's definitely it. Eh? Like, uh, it's one thing that I sort of uh, was told when I first started is in comedy you can to a certain degree win by default in that. You know, a lot of the guys, I mean, this is, this only means if, if you're thinking of other comedians as your competition, as opposed to your brothers and sisters, which really is what it is. But, but when you're first starting out, for sure, they're kind of competition, right? You're, you're yeah. fighting for stage time and, and for the club bookers to recognize you and see you above the fray, you know? So at that point, um, yeah, you can, uh, so many people take themselves out of the game by, uh, uh, not working at it or just, you know, showing up and, and screwing around each night or, uh, or drugs or alcohol or whatever. Like they, you, you, a lot of people just sort of self-destruct. You know? Right. So if you just, uh, if you just do the work, you're going to be ahead of half of, of everybody else. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and, and speaking of just starting out and everything, can I ask what got you into comedy? Where, who was Rick Curry before, uh, before the comedian and what got you into comedy? Uh, 
I was a high school student. Like I've been doing this uh, since uh, I was in Bell High School when I started oh, wow. at uh, Skit Row, which was uh, an improv club uh, in the exact same room where Yuck Yucks is now, 292 Elgin. Really? Downstairs? Yeah, yeah downstairs. Yeah. Yeah. And the stage though was uh, at the end of the room, sort of where the green room is now. Yeah. We had a stage there and the green room was the backstage. And uh, it was an awesome stage though. It, uh, Like I said, it was an improv and sketch thing. So- um, you know, it had, there was a back on the stage that had uh, these revolving panels that you could put uh, with uh, magnets, uh, just a whole sheet of plywood on that, you know, it might have a different scene on it, you know, like. A, oh, cool. Yeah. You just so use them as around. sets kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Nice. Like you do a quick sets on the fly. And uh, where the waiter station is now for Yuck Yucks, uh, at the end of the bar, down at the far end of the room, uh, that was my sound booth. I, that's where I, that's my first job. I did sound lights and I, you know, cleaned up backstage because props and costumes would go flying every every performance. Right. right? People come backstage and like whip the shit <laughs> off and then run back out, you know? And uh, so, you know, so that was my job to keep the backstage sort of organized because everything had to go in a certain place so they could find them. You right, know, like right. Just, anyways, so I just ended up um, getting a job. I was in high school. This is this is a long story, but- That's okay. We have time. Right, eh? It's a podcast. Right, yeah. That's the best <laughs> part. If they don't have time, they just pause the episode. They go back on the way home. All right. Or fast forward through this long story. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, like I was in uh, my last year of high school and uh, part of that- um, uh, I was taking an English course and I had to do a, an essay. It was, it was sort of based on theater. I mean, I've always liked shows, you know, I've always liked theater. I was in the, you know, drama guild and stuff at Merrillville. Um, but anyways, um, so anyways, now I'm at Bell and um, Mr. Grant, our teacher, says you have to do an essay on something. I decided I was going to do it because that year, 1984, uh, Skit Row and Yuck Yucks had both just opened in uh, in Ottawa. Right. So I called uh, Howard Wagman and uh, Derek Diorio, who was the uh, guy running Skit Row, okay, and set up interviews with both of them. And uh, and I went down to meet Howard, and I waited, <laughs> and I waited, and he never showed up. <laughs> and here's a crazy thing: after he didn't show up for that, uh, I walked down to the Bank Cafe, it's, which was at Somerset at Bank okay. uh, at the time. It was a bar. Uh, where my now wife was the bartender and I sat there and talked with her and, you know, wow. and, and then anyway, so, uh, isn't that crazy, eh? And did you guys pick, like, is that where it started that, that one meeting or did you like you, you, she worked there and then years later you kind no, of. No, I knew her from high school. Actually. Oh, okay. okay yeah, we, we knew, we went to high school together. And so I just knew she was working at bank cafe and okay, I was cool. a few blocks from there. And so. I was going to say, that'd be great if that was the night that you met her. You're like, I went to this cafe and I met this night. Wait, and then, ah, okay. Right. Exactly. Fair, yeah. fair. Yeah. Yeah. And so anyways, then a few days later, I had a uh, interview with Derek about the, the Skit Row thing. And, uh, and he was working at this, um, uh, it was, they used to do all these crazy, uh, ads, radio ads uh, back in the day. It was right. sort of a, it was, they were funny. They're hilarious ads. And this sound venture was the, uh, company that the advertising company that produced them. And so that's where I went to interview Derek. I didn't know he was involved with that. But anyway, so I'm sitting in the waiting room. And uh, they've got like this blue leopard skin drum set set up in the lobby of this advertising agency. And I'm thinking, wouldn't this be a 
cool place to work. How great is this place? Yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. They, they make these ads that I've been listening to and laughing at on the radio. Right. And, uh, and this is where it all comes from. So anyways, I got this, um, uh, grant from the, through the John Howard Society, who normally, uh, their job is to reintegrate prisoners into, into, uh, society when they come out of jail. Yeah. But somehow I ended up talking to this employment counselor and she said, well, there is this John Howard grant. <laughs> and somehow she worked it out that, uh, that they paid my salary while I went to this advertisement agency to work oh, and wow. learn. And, uh, and, uh, and so then he said, uh, well, write us three ads and let us know, uh, send it to us and I'll let you know what I think, you know? So yeah. I went home and I wrote three radio ads that I thought were pretty funny. <laughs> and, uh, did you get to make up the companies or the, the products or whatever? Or yeah. Just I just, like, made just go have up. fun, make it up and, and let's hear you pitch it. Yeah. Of? Yeah. Yeah. I just made it. I remember, yeah, I made a one for Levi's and, uh, I, one was sort of like, it was Jacques Cousteau in search of, uh, Brian Mulrooney's lips. I think was the thing. But anyways, uh, but then he called me back like a few days later and said, uh, yeah, we don't need, uh, we don't need a writer, <laughs> but, uh, but we have this comedy club and we need somebody over there. And would you do that? So anyways, that's a long way to go about saying I was no, trying to get into advertising. No, that's cool though. That's really ended cool. Up, uh, so you weren't trying to be a comic? No, okay. no. I mean, I liked comedy. I've right, always right, right. been a fan. But, uh, and I wasn't even then, I, you know, like I say, I started then, but really for the first four or five years, uh, like from 84 to 89, I was backstage. I was lights right. and sound and, uh, yeah. Cause there's, I find that a lot of people who work in the comedy, like it's, it's kind of almost two things. Like a lot of, uh, for myself, I was interested in comedy. I got a job at the comedy club to be closer to comedy. Right. Whereas I'm also seeing a lot of people. There's a, there's a few comics who, um, Rebecca, Rebecca reads, for example, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm not a thousand percent sure that Bex had no interest in comedy, but Rebecca was like a server at the club for like a year, I believe maybe more before right. she ever got on stage for the first time. So right. I think it was almost one of those things where like her having a, a funny personality and then being around comedy was just maybe like, ah, oh, fuck it. I'll try it. Yeah. Same with, uh, Nick Burton. Nick Burton was kitchen and then bar and like forever just working at the club. Yeah. And then and fuck then it. I'll try challenged it. him. Right. He said, uh, well, Jay, yeah, Wasn't Jay told it? him Didn't one time. Yeah, exactly. And then I told him when Bertie's like, well, I'm just gonna do it for the money. And I said, well, be careful because you don't get to just do comedy once, enjoy it, and then never wag away. It gets its claws into you once you, once right. you do it. Yeah, you go home so, and think, oh, I could have done that. You know, better. I was chatting with him just this year and he was like, yeah, you know, you're the only one who sort of called me on my, my thinking it would just be, because that's what he said. He goes, comedy's gonna be a thing between golf and snowboarding for me. That's what he said to me when I, when I told him, I go, I think it's gonna uh, end yeah. up being a little bit more. And now it's, all he does right so yeah, it's yeah. yeah it's it's tough so I, I see a lot of these guys doorman but so you were kind of in that that school where I, was like, exactly I enjoy like it. that yeah and you were working around it and then I so was working with these guys and they were doing great like um derek diorio jack yamey andy loney rick jones uh dan lalonde um they were iden Sutak. they were like the core group and uh they were hilarious and uh so we did uh we played at the national arts center like uh for three years in a row uh in the summer times and we shot a skit row uh a cbc pilot oh nice which uh was turned down in favor of uh, kids in the hall so mm. shows what they know <laughs> <laughs> but uh anyway so what i'm saying is though like 
yeah, like so I sort of came in the back door to comedy and I ended up latching on with these guys who were going places and doing things and it made yeah. me believe, hey, there's potential here, you know? And and it seemed to me all my other friends from high school, well, most many of them were still in university at that point, but other ones who were working were making about the same amount of money, but um at really hard jobs. Right. right where this right. was kind of enjoyable. So yeah, so I uh so then, but then that ran its course, right? That, like a troop is hard to keep together, right? right. Everyone's- People get older, they start to get married and Exactly, yeah. And those things, guys yeah. were all in their 20s at the time, but yeah, they, exactly. Then they hit their 30s and, and so then it was like um, late 80s and the troop had sort of disbanded or everyone had gone their own way. And so that's, uh, that's when I, uh, there was a contest at uh, Grand Central and uh, they were giving away this big sound system, which was very important to me at the time. Right. <laughs> and so I, I put together a bunch of pretty much their jokes, right? Skid Row <laughs> jokes that I cobbled together. And uh, and I came in second in, in that contest, uh, losing to Brad Lyons. Really? I've heard yeah. a lot of... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to free my mic because I want to hold it. That's a guy you got to get on your Are podcast. You, what's that? The sound? No, or Brad, Brad Lyons. Lyons. Yeah, yeah. I would, if you want to as well, feel free. Because oh, I'm just okay. I'm holding up this heavy bass. And I'm like, you know what? Right. I'm comfortable just leaning back and forward with the mic. Um, so yeah, um, I've yeah, heard so, a lot of stories of Brad Lyons beating out beating out guys. Uh, oh, Jeremy sure. Jeremy yeah. Hotz, hilarious. Uh, just yeah. for laughs uh, showcase or something like that. Right. Yeah, I bet. I, I wouldn't. Be, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> uh, yeah. And so anyways, so the next week, the manager, the manager comes up to me, I go out, you know, like I say, I co- cobbled together like six minutes of skit row jokes and, uh, but it went off okay. So the manager there says, listen, uh, I'll pay 80 bucks. You want to MC next week? We're bringing people in. And so it was Marty Putz was the guy I uh, opened for, but now I had to do 25 minutes oh, <laughs> or wow. half an hour. I think I had to do half an hour and I, I ended up doing 25 minutes and it was just brutal. <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> like I had no idea what I was doing, you know. <laughs> but it was the late '80s, and comedy was just sort of a thing, anyways. So, right. Yeah. Some people were gonna like. Was it? A, did it feel like there was a point where it was kind of people just like, if they didn't get it, they're like, were people like, oh, I guess that's us. Like this is comedy, so is it us that doesn't get it, kind of thing. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. The complete opposite <laughs> I was, of I was nowadays. Too busy sweating bullets. Oh, right. Really, uh... <laughs> right. You come off stage and we're like, that was great. We didn't understand it, but it was great. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Here's Marty Putz, and then. <laughs> He took the show over. Do you know him? Do you remember? No, I've n- I don't Putz? think I've ever heard oh. the name. Oh, I know what a putz guy. is, but I right. was like, I could I could see all the jokes the poor guy got. Well, he was a prop comic, ah. which was huge then, and uh, but he became enormous, like on the Ameri- American University circuit, oh, the college really? circuit. Yeah, he was. Uh, yeah, yeah. Anyways, Google Mar- Marty Putz. Uh, he he just did fun things, like he would put on like a big. Uh, a baseball glove over his face, like a hat, you know, okay. like, but it would be like his face would be in the, uh, the right in the middle of the baseball glove. Okay. So he and, was hidden. Yeah. And then everybody in the audience would have marshmallows and they would throw them at him and he would try and catch them. And it was oh, just I sort see. of fun. So the glove was pointed outwards so it could catch the marshmallows kind of thing? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, That's interesting. They were just throwing them at his face. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> but yeah, his audience part. Anyway, it's just pure fun craziness, you know? Right, right, right. Like a like a West Zaharic well well beforehand, go. yeah, 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 very much like a West Zaharic. Well, that's cool. So stand up got its claws into you from the from the improv sort of start. There. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I just sort of watched comedy, and those guys went off, and then I had to do something. But then, yeah, and then I uh, went to I thought well, I'll give Yucks a try, 
And I went there, and uh, and they said, "Well, you gotta come and watch." And I said, Fuck, I've been watching comedy for five years, man. Yeah. <laughs> so okay. And you're in their place, right? Was it, oh that, that that was the improv place, right? That no, wasn't... this was Yucks uh, on Albert Street right. at the time at the right. Beacon Arms Hotel. Like, I thought for some reason the improv troupe was operating in in a Yuck Yucks at the spot. No, oh, that no. was their place, and then Yucks was a, a separate yeah, entity at the exactly. time. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, the club was actually called Skit Row. Right. And uh, you know how. Uh, <laughs> even then I think we were viewed as competition. Right? Oh, of course. So, yeah. Of course. So, uh, so there wasn't any crossover there, but, uh, but anyways, um, so then I go down and I finally go through all the hoops to get on at Yucks on amateur night. And this one's on, uh, they used to run it Thursday nights after the regular show, right? There'd just be about five guys on after the show. Yeah. And of course I'm the fifth guy on after that. So it's a whole show and then four guys and then me, but I'm, you know, I'm ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and of course I'm, you know, having a good time anyways, watching the show. Like, and, uh, and Mike McDonald walks in and he wants to go on. So I get bumped and I'm so sore. I don't go back for a year. I'm just wow. like, fuck this place. Like, yeah, <laughs> fuck you, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and then I had a cassette tape of my, um, contest at grand central that they gave me right they taped everybody and gave you a tape and so i had this girl at my place i was trying to impress nice. i'm like hey you want to hear me doing stand-up comedy <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 and so i put it on and oh you got to do that again you know and so oh, okay so then i so it wasn't it wasn't again. a horrible would have gone okay, back okay. to comedy again if it wasn't for her saying oh you got to give it another try so right. then i went back to yucks and signed up again and I got on and then, yeah, then the hook was in me. Yeah. And now it's 30 years later. Yeah. Jeez. Well, that's, I mean, and a lot has happened in that time. Like, do you remember how long it was from the point that you started doing it to like you were actually getting paid work? Because now that the time is up and down for some people, like you yeah. know, some guys are on stage and then, you know, a year later, they're already getting, you know, good paid work, whereas some guys are six, seven years still trying to you know, get the right uh, attention, get in front of the right people. Right. Was yeah. it a long time for you before you were one of the paid regulars or? No, I was, I was pretty quick. Cause back then there wasn't a hundred of people trying to do it. And yeah. also, like I said, I'd been watching comedy for five years. And so I had a fairly decent, I had this shtick work that where I, I had this big closer. I had this ghetto blaster, right? Like this cassette player, right? right? Which I attached a guitar neck onto <laughs> and on the cassette I had recorded strumming like well first i had like uh like the tuning the tuning exactly nice. and then i dropped my pick inside it and i had it like <laughs> as i tried to shake it out and yeah and then i had the strumming as i sang this song but then there was this crazy lead break you know mm -hmm. where i'd be like uh like Jimi hendrix all over the stage you know like uh posing and then uh and then it would go right back into the strumming and uh and then at the end the huge applause you know thank you anyway, right, right, so, right. so it was like it was a whole concept bit you know right, so right. I, I walked into the club with a closer you know so uh yeah so i was working within a year uh but you know middling and stuff i, right. I, I wasn't straight to headline or anything yeah 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 but but in those days like like they flew me to winnipeg to middle you know like yeah. from ottawa to winnipeg for a weekend yeah and i middled for uh harlan williams 
And then they flew me home again. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, it's my understanding. This is all right. Yeah, it's my understanding that the money is the same now as it was back then. So I can imagine. Yeah. I can imagine the money now in the '80s being absolutely outstanding. To, well, that's to, how I ended up stuck there. Yeah, because I was thinking, like, uh, like I was saying before, I, I'm making the same money that my other friends are making that they're working their asses off, <laughs> and I'm yeah. traveling around the country and yeah, you know, yeah. That sounds like a, I. I don't know why I feel like I've seen that that close. Did you do it for a long time? The, the, oh, that, the ghetto uh, blaster with the neck. Oh, uh, when I first started, uh, yeah, I probably did it for yeah a couple of years. Okay, was, yeah, yeah. Is it do you, is it on film anywhere? Like, would I have seen that on TV or something like that? No, I don't think so. No, I never. But there, who knows? It could have got videotaped back then. But I fair, yeah. Because yeah, as soon as you said like, drop the pick in it and whatever, I was like, that feels really familiar. Oh yeah, that or I've seen someone lift that from you <laughs> on something. Well, the thing is, yeah, like people said, you should bring that back, but it doesn't work anymore. Like there you don't are think no so? more. No, because now, like back then, it was a real feat to edit a cassette tape. You know what right. I mean? Like uh, that was a real big thing and to be able to time it to a theory pausing the the cassette you know to talk and then playing it again and yeah it was a real thing but now it's all digital it's anybody can do it it's but it's easy. i think there's such a level just when listening to you describe it i i smile at there's i don't know there's a lot of charm to it right eh? yeah I, I don't well, know just really even if even about- if you had like a neck coming out of a seat like a discman even though it's digital and it's recorded or whatever right. just the idea that it's kind of like it's clearly not the instrument it's something else that you've done but i think that the the humor is in the timing is is knowing like well it's true yeah if it's know? still a funny song or what because door yeah. door does that stuff all the time on a much smaller scale where it's just a recording of something you know, oh, yeah, and like, yeah. like he, yeah, he's got all sorts of different bits where he's, oh, sorry guys, I halfway through, oh, I forgot. How to, you know what though? Last night I I recorded myself doing the joke in case I forgot. So let me just listen to that, and he, he'll just play like a little, just a little voice recording of him just talking, saying the same thing again. He's like, and then he goes, I, I can't remember the the bit. Okay, guys, on last night I recorded it, so it's like it's like a recording of him doing the same. And oh, it's just yeah, la- yeah. and people are this just laughing. Crazy. He's like, oh, and, and he goes, oh, and the thing is, blah blah, and then it gets like recorded over with "Sweet Child of Mine" or whatever. He's like. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, just funny things like that. Yeah, but I mean that is fun. Yeah, like this, I'm working on a show now, and I really want to include a lot of the, like sort of uh, audio bits. For yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I, I don't know. I, I find I find those things charming or whatever because you kind of, it's cute, and I like the misdirection. Like I said, the, the dropping the pick with something that's like it's not just like hey, look, it's me playing a ghetto blaster. Right. That is cute, but the having the different elements of of trying to get things right and tuning it and whatever. I don't know. I, I like that's it. fun. Yeah, fuck it. Sometimes for- girls were first born, uh, like when they were you know little babies. I used to bring a baby monitor on stage with me and just oh. put it on the stool and say, "Sorry, my kids. I uh, just gotta you know keep an eye on them while while we do this." And and I had it set up that. Uh, well, like I had this uh, recording that was like half an hour of silence and then the stuff and yeah. whatever, but by this point, things were digital. So whatever um, amount of time I was supposed to do, like say I was supposed to do 10 minutes or something, I would queue it up like to start like 10 minutes right, and start it right as soon as I go on. And so when I was right at the 10 minute mark, you know, you'd start to hear this <laughs> coming from the baby monitor. Like I actually yeah. had the other monitor, you know, yeah. elsewhere. And, 
and then I had it all recorded like, oh shit, I, I got to get going. Uh, you know? <laughs> but then you, you hear my wife come in and say, oh, oh, it's okay. My wife got it. And then you hear this guy's voice. Okay. Uh, can we get back to this? <laughs> you know, like, hey, what's going on? <laughs> anyway. See, that's was, fucking great. Yeah, yeah. And that would, that would like still stuff, work today. Yeah. yeah. That, that would that still, still work works today. today. Yeah. And if you wanted to get real fun with it, you can get one of the video ones where you've got, you know, the, the other guy come in with his pants off or whatever. Right. Eh? You yeah. know what I mean? We actually see the guy come in. Are we going to do this? Yeah, you can do the He's got a belt around his neck and a goat on a leash. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so that's not pure stand-up, I don't think. Like, so there'd be some pure saying that's not stand-up, but it's still comedy. What are they, listen, like, no. Comedy's comedy. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say, none of the successful comics are walking around telling other guys what, what comedy is and what's not comedy, you know? Right. It's I only could, the ones yeah. who are jealous of your success. Yeah. Let's get back to that, goddammit. Captain Successful over here. Um, you, were, uh, you were a writer on the open mic with Mike Bullard. Yes. Right. How did that? Uh, how did that come to to pass? Uh, well, uh, I wasn't one of the original writers when the show first started. Well, and I don't even want to fucking know. No, I'm yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I just knew uh, Mike from the stand-up circuit. You know, just from Yucks. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, we always got along okay. And uh, but when it first started, it was uh, Sean Tweedley, Rob Ross, Greg Lawrence, Lawrence Morgenstern. And Mike, I think that was it. Like, that's a Canadian show for you. Like, yeah. you're lucky to have four writers, you know? Really? Is it not that many? That's not many, no. Like, well, I mean, if you see, you know, at the or, sorry, man, is that, is... or something, like you see a, a list of 50 writers. You know? Oh, really? Okay. I was yeah. going to say, yeah, sorry. Like, like four, that's that's the the average in, in Canadian? Uh, I guess so, yeah. Well, the thing about Canada is everything is so, right. <laughs> you know, organic and small. Some, some rooms have 10 writers, some have two. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, the grand prize on a Canadian game show is 500 bucks. You're like, right. wow, I was, uh, <laughs> thank God you guys are paying for the hotel and the, the via rail ticket. Cause yeah. that's, uh, but that's somehow they opened up the budget for one more writer and they, they put out a thing saying everybody, you know, if you're interested anyways, write some stuff and send it in. And yeah, so I did that and, uh, then they phoned me and said, uh, you're in. So, nice. Yeah. And what was that's that like? Whole story. Was that well? Was that that was your was that your first writing gig for for TV? Yeah, that was my first real TV writing gig. Yeah. So what? That's that's really really fascinating to me because I'm 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 struggling to write for myself right now. Right. So I'm I'm curious, like, what's what is the writing experience for TV? Like, what were your expectations, well, and then what it ended up being? I mean, it's like a lot of it is. Um, you know, like opportunity meeting preparation, you know, like that right. was my first national TV writing thing. Right. But, uh, you know, I've been at Rogers 22, you know, putting on little shows and stuff too, like locally, you know, so, um, so I didn't know what to expect. All I knew is that I had a deadline each day <laughs> right. to put stuff in. And uh, now, see, this is, yeah, I kind of ramped up into it because I didn't have to go into the writer's room, okay. which would have been all good anyways, because I knew all these guys from, from Yucks. And I think that helped me get hired too, is they just, you know, it's easier to hire somebody you know. Right, right, right of course. Um, so They already know you're funny. Yeah, exactly. You, know, you didn't send in would... two fluky pages of jokes like you. You're funny. Well, it's funny, Sean. Uh, Sean Tweedley. He was, you know, he was actually he was a writer, but I think he was. He was the warm up guy too, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah like he do the warm up show, and uh, he told me that uh, mine was the only one that was actually in script form. <laughs> so oh, really? That's how they got I got picked. I'm the only one that actually wrote out like, uh, you know, Mike says this, and then the other person says that. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what. Uh, uh, anyways, did yeah. you take any classes for that? 
Uh, no, I didn't know. Really? You just, you're, you just had seen scripts before and you're like, I guess this is sort of, or you're, yeah. you just sort of happened to do the setup. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, right back to when I wrote those ads out of high school, you know, like you had to write a script. Yeah. Right? Voice one, voice two. Yeah, exactly. Male voice. Yeah. yeah. See, that's the thing. Like I, I, I find that stuff writing to me is causes so much anxiety, so oh, much because really? it's something. Yeah. It's like when I listen to these guys, they're like, yeah, I wrote a script. I'm like, you just you just wrote a script. Fuck it. Today I'll write a script. Well, like, yeah. Cause, yeah. Cause, I hate those guys too. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's one of those things where I'm like, okay. The I'm, I, I know that the deadline helps. I had a boss who used to say to me, uh, you know, well, I, I just know guys who perform better when they got a foot on their neck. You know what I mean? Like, sure, it's just yeah. if you got to, you, you're left yeah. to your own shit. And that's the thing. Right now I, I have no deadlines or anything like that. So I'm not really writing or yeah, creating much change, or whatever yeah, yeah so because it's hard right it's not easy like yeah. i i do like you know i sit down and try and write and within four minutes i'm out of my chair wandering around the house really <laughs> you're making a cup of tea yeah okay okay because i that's that's what i want to, it's one of those things like i want to ask you about it but i'm like i don't want to take your secret sauce kind of thing about it either is like so let me let me let me Get everyone else up to speed. You've written for Mike Bullard. You've written for numerous CBC productions. You wrote for the Mc Rick Mercer Report, uh, the Monday Report before that when it was... Uh, no, I came in after the Monday. Oh, really? Yeah, that was okay. the first few years of the Rick Mercer Report, but it was already Rick Mercer Report when I Right, started. okay. And you've had, which is probably was what number one show on CBC, very likely, like... Well, for, uh, yeah. Yeah, like yeah it, I don't know. Like I don't know how we stack up against uh, Tommy Hunter or our front I don't even page challenge. Well, <laughs> but, let's put it this way: I've never heard of either yeah. of those two. Oh, so if that helps, <laughs> but uh, yes, I watched while none we of them. On the air, uh, we got like if you saw the ratings for for a Tuesday night, it would look like a, a mountain, almost like it would like kind of climb up and peak and drop off, and, and right. we were always the peak of the uh, the ratings. Yeah. Yeah, that's and that's fantastic. And have you like I know you've written for uh geez, I already forgot the name of it, but you wrote for like a, a book award, a Canadian book that oh, the Gillers. The, yeah, Gillers the Gillers, that was the one. Yeah. You wrote for that this yeah. year. Uh have there other T V shows that you worked on as well? Oh sure, yeah, yeah. Canadian Country Music Awards and um you know, the uh New Year's Eve uh specials and uh yeah, but those are all even all those outside shows are that's all uh, Rick Mercer uh Letting me ride his coattails. Yeah, but you know what? That's I still think that's like like Rick Mercer is probably as far as the CBC because like a lot of people don't know like we have two big big broadcasting channels in Canada, CBC and CTV. That's pretty much pretty much it. Yeah, you know, They're global, but yeah, yeah, okay. and it's I can't remember the last time. I don't give a fuck. I stand by what I said. Sue me. Do whatever you're going to fucking do to me. I can't. I can't. I just run. didn't want them to feel left out. Yeah, no, know? that's fair. You take like care of you. But I got to. I got to own my words. I've been so terrified lately to say anything and who yeah, am I pissing right. off? They're too big fuck ones. it. Yeah. yeah. You know. <laughs> you didn't come to mind global. Yeah, maybe maybe put up some better content. Public broadcasting because I know you get people in Oregon listening and stuff, right? Yeah. Now. Oh yeah. yeah. There's there's people. I I'm so. dude. I'm amazed. I got uh, people reached out from Stockholm this week. That's awesome. Hello, yeah. Stockholm. Uh, yeah. We're yeah. yeah so the, yeah. Sorry, we're we're name dropping channels you've you may have never heard of. I'm hoping Actually, you're hearing some North American birds in the background. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> what is this <laughs> Yeah. Exactly. It sounds like a schlooping <laughs> but it's a wobbler. What's with your goofy? Yeah, a wobbler. <laughs> What's with your goofy language, Sweden? Uh, one of, believe it or not, actually, one of the two, uh, it was a, a podcaster in Stockholm, and one of the two hosts uh, is from Ontario. I don't didn't find out when, where, but is from uh, here in Ontario. Yeah, yeah cool. so one of them is a, an American that lives in, in Stockholm, and uh, the other one's, I guess, I guess somebody who at one point lived in Ontario. Cool. Well, they're really getting going, eh? Uh -huh. uh, my my post-production scrubbing software should, should get rid of some of that, but no, I guess- No, that's nice. 
Oh, well, it'll get rid of some. It just won't okay. overpower. Anyways, yeah. But it sounds. This is what happiness sounds like, guys. All right, it's like a Disney movie when Snow White or Cinderella goes frolicking through a woods. This is what they get to feel like. Yeah, yeah. It's one that just landed on Josh's shoulder. That's right. Yeah. I'm trying to feed it. Little bluebird. I'm gonna eat it though. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But uh, to, to give context to everyone listening, it's just I wanted everyone to understand that like, it's not like hey, one time you wrote for a show or you know you you wrote for a few years on a show like you. You've you've been selected numerous times for 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 things, and one of the reasons is you're a very good writer, um, and and so yeah, rather than like okay, what about this show? What about that show? But just to get people like you've been you've been a writer for for television for a long time. Yeah, I think you know, yeah, I guess that's my story is that like I got into comedy trying to be a writer, trying to be a, a stand up writer or a commercial writer, advertising, and then uh, have always tried to get use the stand up as a way to get back to writing like, really? like i don't think i'm a, a natural performer like i think i've learned how to perform over the years really but uh really it was just out of necessity because somebody had to say the things i wrote you know and wow. nobody else is going to say them so i had to uh, oh really I listen you ever stage. you ever decide you're done saying them you let me know and i'll i'll write you a check for some <laughs> yeah like i i've i've i did say this beforehand and i i want to get it on the podcast is I don't know if I've mentioned this with some of the other people that I've I've interviewed. Not to say that they don't count on this list, but there's not a whole lot of uh, comics that I can watch every single time they're on stage. Uh, for for you know audience listening, you work with a lot of guys that you like, and that's not to say you don't like their their material or anything like that. But when you're when you're working with a guy for a week and you're doing like eight shows together. You know, after a night or two, like you've you've heard his act. You know what I mean. You're not going to the right. movie theater seven days in a row to watch the same movie. You know, you've, you've seen it, and yeah, maybe when it comes out on video, I'll watch it again. But right. you're not trying to watch, you know, eight hours of the same thing, whatever. Right. Yeah, you think like uh, yeah, okay, he's into his bit about toasters, so I got four more minutes. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Like it's it's not that you don't appreciate the comic; it's just that you've seen it. But there are a few guys where every time they get on stage. I know the jokes, I know where the pops are, and it's almost, I guess, I, I, I don't want to sound too, uh, uh, fuck, what's the right word? I'm not trying to kiss ass, and I'm not trying to over, overbuild what it is, you know, oversell it, but it's almost just like when you watch it, like, I know where all the beats are, but, but I just like watching the craftsmanship, and I like watching how the audience responds to it and i love there's so many different things like your your dog joke about uh getting the dog's tongue pierced oh yeah. i won't give the joke away but i just i love watching that joke and everyone just enjoying it like as it's a cute thing and <laughs> then when you hit that line about uh but when that dog licks himself i'm like i love i love waiting love waiting because i'm like they're gonna laugh and they're gonna and i love like just I want to hear that part. You know what I mean? <laughs> I want to hear how they enjoy how you completely turned it around and everything like that. Like I right. love that. Right. Um, there's, yeah. there's so many things like that. I find you're right. I like because, those cliff edges. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you just drive it along and suddenly, Oh, we fell off a cliff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's, and it's like, it's a great bounce. Cause it's what I like about it too, is it's clean, but you, you have like the subtleties and the, and the nods, the, the innuendos and stuff like that. It's not, uh, you know, you're not being dirty, but you can talk about things that aren't just like, Oh my God, gas prices and grocery stores. Isn't that crazy? Like. Sure, I, yeah. I, I appreciate your, your writing and, and one of the things I appreciate being able to watch how people react to certain things and just even just the craftsmanship. Like yeah. it's it's funny, yeah. People say I'm a clean comic, but if you really I, analyze it. Yeah, not yeah, it's yeah. I, it's I think too people think clean comedy is boring comedy. It's almost like safe comedy. Do you know what I mean? Because even well, yeah, I mean, like anything, right? Like both sides of that spectrum can be used as a crutch. You know, you'd say, "Well, wasn't that funny?" But it was right. clean. You know. <laughs> Did you hear Brian Brian Regan recently said something? Because he's been called a clean comic. And, oh yeah. And Brian Regan was like, 
he's like, well, it was clean comedy. People make it sound like, oh, it's boring or whatever. It's like, not. he's like, you know, it's, you know what else is clean? Like an empty stage. An empty stage is clean. It's right. not, the clean yeah. is not the entertainment part of the joint. It's, it's still comedy. It's still funny. Like, right. it's comedy. Just because I'm not talking about my dick in it, you know, what it makes it like a lesser comedy or something. Like, that's, right. I, yeah. I truly believe. I would think it make it yeah. harder. Yeah. I think it makes it harder to go. What's funny without? Because the amount of times I've come up with a premise and I'm going through my little three examples of of things and it's like something dirty comes in because it's easy, right? You know what I mean? And I know I don't necessarily think like shocking per se, but it's it is easier to make someone laugh about something that you don't normally hear people say. Oh, he said penis or whatever. You know, it's like right. I'm not that it cheapens the laugh i think or at least at least it, you can't uh, sit around bragging about how f- i don't know like like we're all painters right and some right. guys like to use uh Common. reds and yellows <laughs> yeah and some guys like to use grays and browns you know? like the, <laughs> yeah, exactly but yeah each painting can be great you know? it can be great <laughs> well that's the thing right at the end of the day funny is funny uh the same conversation right. whether with... it's dirty or clear yeah exactly um yeah, there's there's no way you can say that all dirty comedy is like base and stupid because it's right. not. I mean, there's hilarious like, and then and you're right, and all clean comedy isn't boring either, right? Jerry Seinfeld fills stadiums, right? And right, yeah. I still don't like his comedy. Oh well, maybe that's not a good. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I I get <laughs> but, it though. I get it. I've just never found. I I uh, had this conversation with somebody recently. wasn't on the podcast, but I like the comics. So there's so, a thousand other examples. Oh of fuck that yeah, are, that are clean. That are absolutely. Oh Jim Jim Gaffigan and, and Brian Regan are two examples. Yeah. There's uh, there's all sorts of great guys who, yeah. are, who are funny, clean. And and like you said, you know, a, a clean stage is if you're looking for clean, there's an empty yeah. stage. It's that's well, clean. Mike Wilmot is equally hilarious. Right. You know? so they, right. Yeah. Well, I miss like one of the things I want to say is I've I've always been a fan of like George Carlin because of I love his use of words. Do you know what I mean? Okay, his yeah. his interest in vocabulary and, and vernacular and things like that. Like, right. And that's yeah. one of the reasons that I enjoy watching you is that it's not like, hey, here's a simple idea, blah, blah. Like your, your, your choice of words, your writing style, everything like that. Like I, I do enjoy listening to how it's crafted. Okay. Do you know, does that make sense? So it's almost like I, I used to use this example a long time ago is like, you know how you can walk into a house and be like, wow, this is really nice. But then once you start to learn how building and studs and, and drywall and everything, it kind of loses a little bit of the magic because you're like, I know how it's not just, wow, I can't believe this thing exists is you start to be able to look at the molding and ever, and you know how it's all put together. So it kind of right. loses some of that mystique. Okay. But then I, you cross a second, you know layer where you're like oh now i get to actually enjoy the craftsmanship and see how they did that and i can actually appreciate it's not just like oh it's just slapped in pieces of wood it's like no that's that was really fucking hard to do what they did there and that looks really well done and everything it's okay yeah. i don't know yeah, if that I, makes sense i know what you're saying so yeah now even as a comedy insider yeah i get to still there's there's guys who i can still rather than going 80 percent of comedy for me is i know the formula of a misdirect i know the formula of set up punch and things like that so I tend to see a lot of comedy and I know where it's going before the comic gets there. And I don't like getting to the punchline before the comic does. Right. Do you know what I mean? So well, as soon yeah, as you can start hearing the, yeah, right. That's supposed to be the point. Yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. We're supposed to be, yeah, you know, they surprise yeah. them. So when I hear a setup and I think, oh, you know where they're going. Yeah. Right. Well, and that's why, that's why I enjoy the guys who are like, like I said, it's just, Oh, you know, the dog's I'm not chopping his tail off. I just got his tongue pierced. And you're like, yeah. Oh, ha 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 ha. Like that's, it's right. like no, and then the it's like yeah, yeah, right, and then it just goes, and it goes so much funnier with the last line too. It's great, um, and that's that's what I enjoy. Is I enjoy not being able to get to the uh, the the punchline before the other comics. Whereas like I find eighty percent of comics, 
I, I'm watching the bit. As soon as they start with the setup, I know exactly where it's going. And it's like, okay, well, I'm there now. And then beat, 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 beat. There they go. Okay. Well, that's not, that's not entertaining for me. If I can, if I can write the joke in my head faster than you could say it, then it's not, that's yeah. not fun for me. So I, yeah. that's why I like guys like, but that's, you know, that's cause you're a comedy insider, right? Like, I guess other people would move into that house you're talking about. They like, what a great house, you know. I get, yeah, I guess. I mean, it's also good too because I feel like there's times you hear comics like, man, people are so stupid. Like, why well, don't know why they don't get this stuff. It's like, you don't want them to get it. If they got it this easily, there wouldn't be comedy clubs because we'd all be walking around making each other laugh for free on the street. Right. Okay. I like that other people, their brains don't go to the funny and ridiculous right away. I'm like, we can. That's us. We'll we'll take care of that for you. Yeah, we'll, we'll fill we'll, this we'll need. Take you down the path. Yeah. So I, I don't know, I, I guess very, wow, very long-winded way of saying that I, I still appreciate watching what you do. And, and in terms of just being like, well, I got to say it because someone, I, I enjoy watching you as a performer and I enjoy, I enjoy you as a writer as well. Okay. I, I said all of your, your, your credits and stuff because I'm curious, uh, very curious about like the, the, the writing. And so when you, when you started as a writer on, on Bullard versus where, where you are now, has your, your, your work method changed? Like, do you have a, a, a system or a routine or anything? Again, not to give away the secret sauce, but maybe something that can help guys like me and other comics who are like, I want to write, but writing is incredibly intimidating. The idea of like sitting down yeah. at like a blank page or a blank computer monitor. Yeah. Like, do you have some well, that helps? No, I, mean, I wish I did. <laughs> <laughs> it's horrible. Really? No. no I, okay. <laughs> no, I, I mean, yeah, it's like what you said before. It's the deadline that... Uh, that gets you going but i mean sometimes there's not a deadline so you need something to motivate yourself right. you know um you know for me i don't know I've, I've i'm motivated like i'm writing a show right now just because i'm gonna need something to do in 2020 you know? right yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and i can't uh well i'm just um i'm not interested in going on the road as a comic you know I've of course i've sort of done that you know so i've got uh, anyway so i'm trying to come up with a couple of different things so that's my motivation too because yeah like you know when you wake up in the morning you've got a blank page on on your uh word uh microsoft word and uh and if you decide this is too hard then when you go to bed that night you still have a blank page you know mm. like and the beauty of it here's here is something though is you can't break it that's the thing right like you just the, i'm not the first to say this you just start writing right. just start moving your fingers on the keyboards even if you're just writing uh well now i have to fucking write you know okay. this is terrible and i really hate doing this but here i am typing away i thought maybe i would try to write something about this okay. you know but i can't you know but that's really hard because i have to write about that anyways eventually you'll start to get on a jag you know uh, hopefully Okay, you know, but um, but yeah, it can take a really long time to uh, to come up with uh, something you like. But, okay, I guess that's the point I was starting to make though is that you can't break it in that you just type it all out and and that delete button is always there, right? And okay. so even if you write, you know, only nine paragraphs today. And you delete only eight. nine paragraphs. Yeah, well, I don't know. <laughs> I would consider that's... that a colossal success. Okay, so <laughs> no, just joking. So no, you no, say joking. You wrote three paragraphs, <laughs> and you deleted two of them. Like when you went to bed that night, you got a paragraph. You don't have a blank page at least, right? You know? Like, and, and you did you the have work to be. Yeah, and and uh, and a sad reality of at least writing comedy, anyways, is that uh, 
70% of what you write is shit. Right. <laughs> you know, like you're going to have to delete it. You got to, yeah. you know, kill your babies. Even if you love them, even when you, when you wrote them, you thought, oh, this is, this is great. You know, when you read them later, you know, maybe it doesn't fit with the rest of it or whatever. I, I mean, there's nothing wrong with saving an idea for another time too. Right. right. But, uh, but bottom line is, yeah, you, there's no secret other than to sit down and move your fingers on the keyboard. Yeah. yeah. And do you find that that's a better platform than pen to paper? Like on the, on oh, the computer? Oh, I see. What you, um, no, no, like actually, I, that's, when I'm doing, when I'm writing stand-up, you're right. I'd much rather have a notebook and be sitting in a park. Really? Okay. Yeah, but I'm just talking about writing for TV where it has to be. No, naturally. And yeah. you did answer my question. I just, I wanted to know too, if, if for yourself, like if there was just, because Seinfeld's, you know, being the example earlier, he swears up and down pen to paper yeah. and yellow, yellow notepad. Never, right. well, never. Yeah. But that's, but I don't know. Like I, yeah. I, not to say that there's something to that, but just for him mentally, like that's, yeah, that's, his, method. that's his method. He's like, no. Never. It's always on the paper. Yeah. I I personally struggle, and I and I apologize. I have lots of questions about the writing. If you're cool with it, but sure, everybody's turned this off. Like you think so? I don't. I think I, these. <laughs> there have been so many people who are like, ask him about his writing. Ask him about his writing. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> so yeah, I if, wish I had answers. No, it's okay. But it, but maybe that helps because everyone thinks at least at least myself. Just the the amount of success and the work ethic, I'm like, I don't know how Rick does it. I, I just the idea of sitting down, like kind of having the deadlines and like, what do I write? And I have to have this many. Like, I, I want to ask questions mm-hmm. about that too, again, if yeah. you don't mind. Okay. But uh, it's it's fascinating to me is like, so I guess it's two different things. There's TV writing, like you said, and stand-up writing. So when it comes to these shows, are they similar in the sense that it's like show up and we need the, what's like, what's a writer's room like, if you don't mind a- answering that? Uh, well, uh, each one is different, Okay, you know, uh, each, just like each TV show has its own vibe and its own, um, group of characters. Yeah. That all stems from the writer's room. Uh, so, uh, so I can't say what a typical writer's room is. Some, some are all women, some are all men, some are a little mix of both. Some are all young, some are all old, you know, like, uh, uh, so um, but the beauty of a writer's room is uh, it's like a baseball team where you really only need one out of the five of you to get a hit that day. Okay. You know, like four of you can go up and strike out. Uh, as long as one guy puts it over the fence, you've had a good day. You okay. Know? Like that's the beauty of it because that really uh, takes a lot of pressure off, you know, like, I mean, I, I, I'm not. Um, you know, I'm ashamed to admit <laughs> that there were some days where I thought, well, I know Greg's going to have something. <laughs> or I know oh, really? Or it's Tim, Steve, somebody, right. George, George is going to come up with something because, because I got nothing, you know, like where you yeah. kind of rely on your, on your teammates, you know, um, but, uh, other times, you know, you're the guy that gets the hit <clears throat> and that's just. You know, I guess, I mean, a lot of it just comes with experience too, right? You just, you think of something and you just, after a while, you know, oh, that's funny. Oh, I can walk down that path, you know? Yeah. Um, and I guess you just got to have a sense of humor, right? But but really, that only comes like that moment where you think, oh, that's funny. That's like the 37th thing you thought of right. on that topic, you right. know, like, especially like on a show, for instance, like Mercer, you know, um, our topics were really limited. Like we had to write about politics, you know, or at least, uh, current events, you know? And I mean, there were other rules, like no, no, no tragedies. You never wrote about anything where somebody died, you know, or, uh, 
uh, well, there's there were other, um, pro, you know, other things that you just didn't touch, you know, like third, right. third rail, we would call them. Oh, really? Yeah, or punching up. Like, you always punch up. You never, like, you know, right. punch down. So, anyways, it was a very small strike zone you were trying to hit. So, is that a new term, by the way? Just to, just to, before I, I'll forget, What's is that? the punching up. Is that something that for the industry is used for a long time and just the general public is using? Is it something I haven't heard in the last couple of years is the whole, you know, people oh, getting angry right? about stuff. So, well, yeah, people That's getting funny. angry. I've heard about of punch up, but I thought that was making something funnier. Oh, we're oh, punching yeah. it up. But now yes. everyone's like, oh, you're punching up, not punching down. And I'm like, I've only heard that in the last couple of years. Well, it's funny it how sounds... that's become a term. Yeah. But that's always been a comedy thing. Like, yeah. Yeah. Where you make fun of people in power as opposed to like, you know, I've seen comics go up and make fun of like uh, mentally handicapped kids. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, what are you doing? Like, you're, yeah. you're victimizing victims, you know? And not, anyways, that's another whole story. Now. No, but I'm now with you on I that. just victimized. Uh, anyway. <laughs> but uh, they're not victims. They're beautiful. No, but I think. But you know what I'm saying. I like, gotta tell you this. You know I mean? I, that's punching down, is what right. I'm saying. Like you're making fun of, uh, you know, like if not uh, mentally handicapped, like just plain handicapped or people, you know, whatever. Yeah. Like that's punching. You're down. You're attacking people for things they can't change. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And that's you not know? fair. Or even uh, like even this was a thing in the, in the '90s at Yucks. So at least at least for us, anyways. Like like in the '90s, there was a lot of um, back and forth with the audience. A lot more than there is these days. Like it's sort of uh, uh, it was it's not that heckling was encouraged back then, but it was sort of accepted that it was something. You know. Yeah, people are gonna yell shit out. Deal yeah, with it. like there were still cards on the table saying, "Please don't yell stuff out." But people would come up and go, "Ah, look at this little card. Hey, I'm gonna get that guy." It was, <laughs> it was almost like a game to try and yeah. Be, they don't mean one, this. One up the comic, yeah. <laughs> Um, but anyway, so, but for us, at least for a couple of us, our thing was like, if you saw somebody in the front row and they were like, say they were, you know, uh, horribly obese or they were, you know, like just were missing an eye, whatever it is. Right. Mm. You didn't mention that. You right. Had to, like the most obvious thing to, to attack them on was out the door and you had to find something else to, right. uh, to, to hit them with, you know? And, uh, I think that's fair. Yeah, I think that's fair too. I think that just yeah, because if it's if it's not if you just say hey you fat fuck, <laughs> you know like yeah, that's you're like that's, yeah great your eyes work thanks. Yeah, people, <laughs> yeah, like, people aren't yeah. paying money to hear you know just yeah. they're paying money to hear the, the well, next thing down. You know? We do heckle holes now at golf tournaments, which are really fun, and it's like you basically get paid to be Stadler and Waldorf at a hole on behalf of the comedy club. So we're, we're basically trying to screw up the, the golfer shot by fucking with them and teasing them and everything like that. But, oh yeah. <laughs> but I did that. It's usually was uh, Brendan and McKeegan and myself doing them for, right. for absolute. And Brendan and I work really well together off of that stuff. But, uh, but Brendan wasn't able to make it new kid this year. Okay. And, uh, right. And, uh, so I, I brought a new comic and I was trying to explain to him, I go, I go have fun, make fun, whatever I go. But generally speaking, try not to make fun of something they can't change. You know, some guy comes with a scar on his face or something like that. Yeah, like don't exactly. attack that. But you know, yeah, we well, can tease the way the they're dressed to the next hole. Like, yeah. He wants to kill himself. Yeah. It just falls <laughs> face down in a, a duck pond. <laughs> just a big guy with a scar on my face. That's, that's yeah. my, my mother tried to stab me in the face and I've never found love or a healthy relationship since. <laughs> Exactly, but, but at least that comic on the last hole. Yeah, was. he high fived the other fat fuck that was talking. 
those two pieces of shit. Love <laughs> that's it. some great advertising <laughs> for the club. Right there. But that's the thing. But so we I don't guess, yeah. we don't do that. So I'm like, make yeah. fun of the way they're dressed, or if they got a a silly haircut, or see, just something yeah. that's oh, something I that's not stuff. I was in uh, Grand Center, I think it's called. Uh, what's it called? Yeah, I think it is north of uh, Edmonton, like way north. It's uh they've got a uh, an air force base up there. Uh, Anyways, uh, I think it was Grand Center. Anyways, um, there was this guy in the front row, just the three guys, like just hammered, but one guy in particular. And he had on one of those, uh, like a halo, you know, like a a thing that uh, attaches to your shoulders with these rods that go all the way around your head. With oh, this thing right. That circles your head. Like the neck brace kind of thing? Where but, it's screwed into your head and everything? Yeah. Like stabilizes? It, like it went up over his head and was like screwed or, like, around his forehead and yeah. around the top I've of his head. I've seen those. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's fucked and up. And we yeah. went back and forth like for a long time. And finally, after 20 minutes, I said, look at buddy, we've been going for 20 minutes and I haven't even mentioned that you're wearing a birdcage on your head <laughs> and the place went nuts and you know but i was you know i was happy about that later on thinking yeah we did we went for a long time and i never yeah. even mentioned the fact and but at the same time he can't, it's not permanent it's not like that's his life now well that's true too right, yeah, that's right. so well, hopefully yeah. yeah and and one of the things i've noticed too and this is i don't, I don't want to say off topic from the writing and stuff but just still comedy sorry i'm sitting on my keys here uh <laughs> the um I think a lot of people, what I've learned in my short time doing comedy is everybody wants to be included. Do you know what I mean? Like to an extent. Yeah. So they don't want to be. Yeah. yeah. They don't want to be belittled and made a a spectacle of, but if you're, if you're, you know, going around the crowd and you're doing crowd work with people, like everyone's not like, well, completely ignore me. Like I've, I've found in my, my short period of time is that I I see a lot of people like you, you make a joke and when everyone goes, oh, that person's laughing. Do right. you know what I mean? Like you look at a guy like oh, Michael, sure. you look at a guy like Michael Lifshitz, right? Who's yeah. a guy who's funny. He's got a great sense of humor and Mike likes sitting at the table, getting shit on just like everybody else. You know, five comics sitting at a table, all busting each other's balls and, and no one's saying anything to Mike. Like, Oh, we don't want you to feel it's like, that's, that's excluding, you know? And sure. Yeah, and yeah. he would much rather be part of it and, and joking around with everybody else than being like, yeah, like I, I think that guy's absolutely commendable and he's, you know, he does speeches and stuff like that for, for positivity and, and motivation. I just, I, I don't know. I found that like when people are like, oh, well, don't make fun of, of this group or whatever. It's like, you know, I don't know. I hear fat no, jokes no, all the no, time. Make, make fun of them. Yeah. Just, as much, but, but as again, much, not worse. Because of, you know, right. you don't say Mike lifts it. <laughs> unless, you know, unless it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> unless it's funny. Like, yeah. Uh, Alan Shane, he's a friend of mine yeah. who has CP. Uh, we we used to make a lot of jokes about uh, his CP, you know. <laughs> yeah, but he loved that, you know, because yeah. it's a reality. Well, and he's one of the guys when that happens. That's that's I think at the end of the day is like I'm included in it. I find it's the yeah. people who are included that are always ones going, oh, don't include them, don't make them part of it. And you're like, they're not. They don't realize that's what they're saying. But you're like, well, you're cool with it because you get to be part of it. Like I would hate to find out that like people were having fun telling funny fat jokes. Like, oh, Josh is coming. Shh. Yeah. Oh, no, he's gonna there's, he's there's gonna a be lot hurt. Of that are offended on on right. uh, somebody else's behalf. Exactly. And I think that if those people stopped and went, why don't you ask the people because they seem to like being included. You know, everybody wants to be part of the party yeah. on an equal terms. Not like you know you're the only one getting it. You know, yeah, but at the same right. time, it's like, yeah, well, everyone else is getting <laughs> shit on. Around can I? The, yeah. The guy in the wheelchair. Yeah. It's like, yeah. it's like everyone else is getting shit on. Can I be part of that too? Everyone's laughing, having fun. I want to be a part of that. Well, yeah. Right. So I think, I think that's, that's a thing where, you know, 
yeah, it's we're, I, yeah, I'm, we're I'm interested to see how this all plays out with where we're at now in 2019 and everyone's upset and you can't say anything and yeah, everyone's well, I think the canceled. Pendulum, it's, it's already started to swing back a little bit. The yeah. pendulum, yeah. But it's I mean, uh, not, not that a lot of that stuff isn't right minded and, and whatnot, but it, like everything else, there's yeah. it can go way over. Well, the yeah. road to hell is paved with good intentions. <laughs> boom, boom. That was you listening. Yeah. Are you listening? All you angry people. That that is one of the things. Are I'll take a second. Kiss, people, yeah. kiss the onesies asses. They're great. Man, I, I like the few, the very few people who got to hear that episode 109 of my podcast before I pulled it down. Uh, they, a few people reached out and none of them reached out, uh, to do with the, the, the episode, the part of the episode that was, uh, you know, misunderstood. Yeah. They reached out with the part, me talking about anxiety and stuff like, Hey man, if you're dealing with that, like I got emails and messages and stuff. I'm yeah, like, yeah. Well, that's good. The onesies get what I was saying. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like I yeah. find the vast majority of my listeners, the only people who've ever gotten upset with my podcast are the people who listened to like one episode and then took issue with something in it. The, the onesies right. who listen regularly, which I still don't understand why you guys do. I love you very much for being there. But, uh, the fact that you guys will listen to me talk about like three weeks worth of like, this sucks. <laughs> right. Yeah. Anyways, no, there they're, are, they're great. There are some, some people, although they, I think they're fewer in number than they appear to be online. Right. But, but there are some people that are just, yeah. Well, the positive people. to be, uh, yeah. for something to get upset about. Yeah. The positive people are out there living their lives and doing good things and smiling and enjoying yeah. the warblers and <laughs> the world. They're, they're warblers. <laughs> so, um, for yourself, in those uh, in those writing situations, I think you've told me in the past too, where like sometimes you come in like it's like ten ideas a day or whatever. You're like read the newspaper and it's like you know give us ten pitches, right? And you were mentioning about killing your baby sometime. Like, is that a thing that you kind of have to learn early when you're doing like a writing gig? Is like you got to create stuff, but don't take it personally when, like you said, like today's not my day to have hits. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you do come up with something you think is pretty good, you know, and then it yeah. doesn't go through, and you're like, ah, yeah, you know, because uh, yeah, yeah. Back then, like at, at least on the Mercer show, uh, recycling wasn't really encouraged, you know. Like if you've heard the joke, don't try and put that same joke in another bit next oh, week. Oh, okay. You know? like, yeah. So if it's gone, it's gone. There wasn't. There wasn't like a time uh, where you're like, I think they've forgotten about this. And six months <laughs> later, I really liked it. Well, I it can't say work. it didn't happen. Okay, <laughs> but, uh, but it was not usually well received. I right. mean, that's the beauty of it. Uh, again, like they were really good there about uh, trying to free you up from stress in that. Uh, oh, that's is me that now. you? Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. I'll just make noise. I think it's in the other room. Really? Here, I can pause this one second. Well, I hope we didn't lose the last hour and a half. I think it's still there. Recording number two. So we're back, guys. I'm not, I think I hit the play pause and then I hit record. So maybe record was ending it. Right. Okay. Well, Well, guys, this will be a first. So you might get, uh, (laughs) I'm pretty confident it's there. Yeah. Because it is showing recording number two and not one. Like it didn't erase. There we go. It didn't really, yeah, it didn't erase the first one. Yeah. So we were chatting about, I think you were saying how, you know, it's funny. We were talking about the, um, you know, having to to, to sort of kill your babies and stuff like that sometimes in writing. Um, but it's, it's cool to know that, you know, you, you kind of go through the same thing that everybody else. Not like, you know, Hey, after, you know, after 20 years of doing writing gigs and stuff like that, you're, it's like, ah, now, now it's easy. It's second nature. It's still, it's still a, a, struggle at times oh for sure yeah yeah it's it's still hard you know because uh 
it gets easier if you're writing stand-up and you can talk about anything you want to talk about, you right. know, but if you're writing for television or something, you know, you know, you have to come up with something about the Bank of Canada raising the interest rate a quarter percent on Tuesday, <laughs> you know, right? <laughs> like that's really hard sometimes. You know? Have have you found, because again, based on what I've been talking about lately, and I'm, I'm sure with the climate, I don't know, I don't, this question just popped into my head, but have you, have you gotten to a place where like. I don't know. Have you come to peace with having limitations on what you can talk about? Because like you said, with a comic, you feel like you can talk about everything. But I think a lot yeah. of comics right now feel like they can't. And especially the more oh. things they want to talk about are the things you can't touch. So uh. in, in working in that environment where you've said like there's like the third rail or whatever it is, you're like, have you come to peace with the, like instead of it feeling negative? Like for it- stand up, I don't uh, I don't tr- I don't think I censor myself at all. I don't think so. I think it's still a place where you can say anything as long as, like, you know, I, I, I don't walk around saying, like, racist or horrible things in my real life, you know. Right. So why would I bring that into my stand-up? Like, you of know, course. You know what I mean? So things that people are going to get offended by. Like, if, if somebody gets offended by a, a joke I've made, I mean, I'll look at the joke and see if it's clumsy or not, and I'll listen to their opinion, but I, I don't think I'll really you know, take it out of my act because one person, right. you know, got upset about it. Um, so I don't know what to tell you about that. Does it, does it, um, I guess, bother you when someone, I, I apologize. I'm totally well, I, projecting my honest, shit. Yeah. At them. I'm so sorry. Happened. That's, that's why I yeah. ask. I'm trying to think of a, of a time when that's happened. Well, it's great if it didn't, I would never wish that on it. It sucks. I just know that there's been times like even in an episode of the podcast where I talk about something and then hearing, the response i'm like well that's not what i was saying that's not how i felt that's not what was in my heart i and but the thing is it's it's you can't control what other people think right you know yeah, like bill exactly yeah. bill burr said that once I you do only, a joke sorry go ahead you know, sorry no no my apologies I, I once you do a joke and you put it out there it's not yours anymore because it's subject to other people are gonna hear it's like a song right. right there's artists who won't even tell you what they were trying to say in that song because they're like i'm not going to take away meaning it had for one person by explaining what it was about right comedy is yeah. obviously a little more different we're not writing goofy poetic stuff but sometimes what you were saying other people will completely misunderstand and misinterpret your intention You're so right. or well you know here here is like i do remember a time when i did get like a complaint like back uh, in the late 90s we did like a cbc radio recording thing mm-hmm. you know and in those days like especially i guess if you grew up in ottawa or whatever um you know people would tell newfie jokes and and, and but it was never done with uh malice like it was just sort of the, the canadian the word n-word <laughs> yeah yeah but that that sort of just stood in for like you know a, a, a backwards guy like a dumb guy you right know? and like when people and, told Pollock jokes or whatever I it was like so. really yeah exactly yeah. so i told a joke you know like uh a newfie joke and um and I, I was under the impression that that was cute, you know, right. like I didn't mean any malice whatsoever, but I got a letter from a guy in Newfoundland cause it was a national broadcast, you know, and he took offense and we ended up, uh, writing back and forth, emailing a couple of times, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and no, by the end of it, like, he's like, you know, if you're ever in, uh, in this part of Newfoundland, make sure you drop by and we'll make you dinner. And, oh, you know, wow. Like that's of, great. Like we talked about it back and forth, you know, like, right. cause like I, I, I sort of defended my point saying that, uh, you know, yes, it's a, it is a stereotype. And I think in comedy that 
everybody understands that a stereotype doesn't apply to each individual person. You know, of I course. said there's the uh, the Alberta redneck and the the French separatist and the uh, you know, and then and the backwards Newfoundland. <laughs> Anyways, this this was my argument at the time. Right, right? Of this is my logic. Yeah, but that's saying the, that as is... comedy. That's what it's supposed to be. You know, but uh, but I also said, but having said all that, you know, like if I upset you, right, with it, it it's the exact opposite of what I'm trying to do. So I'm right. sorry that you know that 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 came about that that you know through because i wasn't uh aware that that this is hurtful that you know that it hurt you so right I, that's not what i'm trying to do so i'm sorry for that and uh and anyway so then he wrote back and said ah oh, bye i can see you. <laughs> <laughs> he, he even talked with an accent yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> bye. <laughs> but, uh, no, but you know anyway so so anyway so we we kind of responded respectfully had a little dialogue and yeah. by the end of it came away thinking okay neither of us really meant anything bad you know but i guess conversations don't go that far anymore this was this right? was years before i assume there was comment sections on the internet right, yeah, so this was email. when you could actually was, respond yeah. to the one person who had to issue as opposed to like how am i going to change these 975 yeah. negative comments and well you know like i got a uh a text this morning from the person who does the social media for absolute, you know, oh, okay. I'm playing there this week. Yeah. Lisa. Yeah. Lisa. And she said, uh, you know, like I, I can't find you on Twitter or Instagram. <laughs> like, That's right. You're in the Twitter protection program. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I just not. Yeah. Not the twitness protection. Yeah. There's me and just trying to insert like, a pun. Well, you need to be there. And I don't know if I need to. Okay. So it might be a better, better. I don't know. I'm garbage garbage at social media garbage well I, social media is garbage that's yes the thing so yeah. if you're garbage at garbage then you're doing okay well that's good the only thing i've i've put out in a long time was a little thing this morning saying i'm making breakfast and then i'm doing a bonus episode with you today oh great and it's got a lot of views so that that feels good but right. um i i'm not very good at it because a i don't think anything i do is interesting um, you know, and if for the ones that listen right. to the podcast and stop a lot of people, no, it doesn't. Hey, look what I'm eating. Here's a picture of a post. And then there's so much like writing and shit on everything. I don't even, I can't even read it all. It's like, well, it's just, yeah, it's either bragging or outrage. It seems to be, or, right. or talking to dead people. <laughs> there's a lot of that, <laughs> like, you know, to my father who passed away nine years ago. Fuck. Like, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, Is that a joke? That you've on Twitter. That's fucking hilarious. Talking. I like the talking to Americans. That talking to dead people is a hilarious concept <laughs> yeah. of just, no, there's just always been, so mom, I, it's like, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Who are people who are not listening? Like to the fucker who cut me off today yeah. on this slide. Like, well, I, yeah, I hope he's subscribed to you. I don't, you know. people are using Facebook. I'm reading this. He's not reading this. Yeah. yeah. Facebook yeah. is the operator. Can you connect me to that fucking guy that cut me off? Here it is. Make <laughs> you know sure what? he gets that. I bet that. you were five ways away, five yeah. years away from that. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much. All right. I got to find this. Yeah. There's misconnections. I don't know. I don't, I don't get it. I don't think anything I do is interesting. And then sometimes I go to post something and I go, am I posting this for the wrong reasons? So that's the problem. I've, I've been reading a lot of like, you know, books on happiness and mindfulness and stuff like that. And they're all like, you know, if you're doing it for someone else, that's not mm -hmm. the right reason. Mm -hmm. You got to feel good about you. I'm like, yeah, if I'm putting this out here so other people accept it, I'm doing it for the wrong. So I'm just, yeah, the, the, the better person I become, the way less funny and the way <laughs> less social in terms of the social media I get. But, uh, yeah. for, yeah, it's a weird, weird dead halt in the conversation. I don't know why that's blinking every second. Um, in terms of, uh, this is funny because this question I wanted to ask you earlier and I was very confident. And now after talking with you about kind of like how you're saying that your, your standup was a means to sort of get back to the writing, I, I feel like I already maybe know the answer to the question, but 
I wanted to ask, because a lot of people have asked me to ask you as well, that um, when you're writing jokes and when you're coming up with premises and stuff for the shows, do you land on ones where you're like, oh, this is too good to give away to the show. Like, I <laughs> want to keep this. Or do you use the ones that didn't work in the show? You're like, well, I didn't well, want it, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hang on to it. Like, how does that play out? Does it happen one way or the other or both ways or not uh, at all? Yeah, no. When you're writing for the show, you're giving them all your best stuff. You can't, you can't oh, hold really? back and think, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep this for my own stand-up. But luckily, like, uh, at least with the Mercer Report, there wasn't a whole lot of crossover. You know, like right. uh, That was a very political show, and... And the jokes were written in a, you know, in a TV format, you know, you're writing right. desk bits and, and, and bits like that, you know, um, but maybe you do come up with a joke or at least a concept that you can translate. Yeah. I, I don't know. But, uh, if but they no. pass on it, would you go, but, you know what? But I'll this is, uh, you know, this, this is why I can't write for other comics though. Like I had a comic, uh, write to me. Uh, back in February, so saying, you know, I'm in, uh, I'm in this festival coming up, mm. and can you, uh, you know, go over my act, and can we punch it up together, you know? And uh, no, <laughs> I'm sorry. Like I, like it's nice to ask, and I don't mean anything bad, but right. but what if, like you know, we touch on the same topics sometimes. What if we come up with a great joke for you, and you've given me a hundred dollars to right. help you punch up your act, right? Now I got to give you this great joke. You know, I'd rather have the joke than the hundred bucks. You know? Right. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. So, um, yeah. So there, yeah, there can be cross. Like, that's why I don't, yeah, I can't really help punch up another comics. Like I don't mind sitting at the back of the room. And if I, I think of a tag or something, okay. I'll always, you know, shoot a little tag. Uh, if, if I, if I, you know, I make a suggestion, you no, know, of course, you of know? course. But, uh, but I can't formally be hired to sit down to, you know, Interesting. Help, you know, well, yeah, because because you get into that situation, where, right? And I actually respect where you write something good, and you're like, oh shit, <laughs> I just I just gave this afternoon away to somebody else, so now I can't use this thing I wrote. Uh, interesting. I have a, a new idea for a podcast. Um, I, I'm not going to say it in the podcast. I just want to sort of asterisk it because I want to talk about it afterwards when we're not on the not recording because it ain't ready for your ears yet, onesies. Um, but I, I wanted to have you on it, but based on what you just said, it's it's very interesting. I don't know I don't know if it would work for you. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Um not not in a bad way. Like I respect I respect what you said and I can understand the the value of what you said. Um Yeah, I'm gonna hit I'm gonna hit pause real quick so I don't forget. Oh is that okay. cool with you? So sure, just so I can tell yeah. you real quick because I, I I don't want to forget. Yeah. But uh, we'll be right back. I'll remember sure to hit the right button. And now uh now I've explained to Rick how the Illuminati works. And uh, <laughs> the Bilderberg, he's, he's in on yeah. everything now. Look out, Sweden. They're coming for you first. <laughs> so, um, well, that's cool. That's cool to know because, like I said, uh, it's it's fascinating to me as a, as a guy. Do you ever see the movie Funny People? With uh, oh, sure, yeah, yeah, I don't know yeah. Adam Sandler or, and uh, yeah, yeah it's I buzz from one of the nah. These are goddamn new courts. Um, yeah, the, yeah, great. I, I watched. Yeah, I watched that, and I, I I thought it was strange because it's like Seth Mc uh, what's his face Seth. Uh, Seth, uh, Jesus there's a couple Christ. of Seth's, eh? it's not Seth, Seth Rogen. Green. Yeah. It's, not it's Seth, Seth Green. It's Seth McFarlane. Seth, Seth Rogen. Um, yes, that's him. He like goes to an open mic bombs and then some mega rich movie <laughs> yeah. star is like, yeah. I want to hire you to write for me that's, that's, and that's open my life. for me. Yeah. And I was like, but I thought it was strange. Cause I'm like at that level to be writing for someone else and still being a stand up every night yourself at that beginner level. I'm like, yeah, you, you would have to be saving your, you know, your favorites for yourself too, right? Because you're like, 
yeah. how am I growing if I'm giving all my best shit away to another guy? Well, that's yeah, that's sort of what so, you're selling. Yeah, yeah. So I was I was curious about that, but but like you said, you know, it's kind of like you're you're learning that this is a this is a TV joke. Um, yeah, or or like I saying before, I think my place is naturally more in the writing room than on the stage. You yeah, know? and I'm happy to be have somebody else go out and uh, deliver the stuff and. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, and sit in my own little mind and think, oh, that one went well. Okay, that one worked. Yeah, you know? like, I don't know. I guess uh, if if the money's good enough for that. You know? Well, the only other writer that I know that's that's doing particularly well is uh, is Jesse Joyce. Okay, Jesse Joyce is a is a great comic, um, but at the same time, like he he was writing, he was uh, Greg Giraldo's writing partner. Oh yeah, um, I know him. Yeah, from, yeah, from New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So Jesse's a Kimmel writer now. And, oh boy. Yeah, and uh, so oh, he I didn't was. Know that. Yeah, yeah, he he got us tickets when we were in Los Angeles to go see the, the what do you call Camel it? show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, it was great, and Jesse was saying like the same thing. Like they write all day, and then they sit there and they're all kind of like watching the monitor when he's doing the monologue to sort of see how things hit. Right. And yeah, then, yeah. Okay, well, then we're gone. As soon as that, as soon as that part is over, he's like, we're gone. <laughs> we're done after the monologue. We don't oh, care. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. So I I it, I find that stuff uh, fascinating, but like you said, if it, you you do learn, I guess, to write in in you know. Mercer's voice kind of thing and what sort of exactly would yeah, be yeah. his his way of looking at it versus another um i, I heard yeah. someone yeah like uh you know we just did a uh political comedy show tavis uh mapleston put that together you mm-hmm. know a few nights ago or a week ago and um and he was saying you know wouldn't it be would you be able to come and do like rejected jokes from the mercer show and uh and i was saying yeah like it doesn't really fit like to go and do that on stage. Like I know, and also like a couple of guys already did uh, rejected. Like Ron Sparks just came through town, and that's like a part of his. Act, oh, really? You know? Yeah. And there was another guy. Uh, oh, I forget the name, but he said on the first show, this guy was also a twenty-two minutes writer, and he came out and did rejected. So I, so I didn't be the third guy doing the same bit, you know? Right. And also, when I look at the bits, like I say, they're not. You know, for our show, we were. <laughs> Like uh, 22 minutes, I think a lot more desk bits, you know, mm-hmm. we have one or two desk bits uh, per show. So anyways, it just wasn't going to fit. So I did this different character though, which I'm really happy about. And I okay. want to bring him back. Yeah. Coach Curry. Okay. Yeah. Um, I've got him on my website, rickcurry.com. Um, but anyways, he's like this uh, substitute gym teacher who's like this staunch conservative, big Doug Ford supporter. Okay. And he's giving like uh, the new conservative sex ed uh, <laughs> curriculum. <laughs> And, uh, anyways, uh, I, I don't know where that came from other than to say that, uh, yeah, like there's the stuff that you're writing for the TV for me anyways, doesn't translate. To, uh, I have a hard time translating to a stand up stage. You know? Right. Yeah. I, I can't remember who it was. I wish I could. Uh, but I listened to someone recently who was saying like, sometimes you just got to let the joke be the joke. Like, yeah. or you, like, oh, sometimes like if I it's, think that I'm just the delivery system, yeah. you know, the jokes are what they are. Yeah. yeah. It's like, if you feel, if you feel, uh, or like let the funny, I can't remember how they phrase it, but the idea is like, if it's a sketch, then don't try to make it a, a joke. If it's a, you know, like a one liner yeah, or whatever, what let saying. it be a yeah. one liner. It'll be like, oh, I got to turn this into five minutes. It's like, sometimes something is just like, let it be what it wants to be. If it needs yeah. to be a movie sometimes or Sometimes uh, the thing's only funny because it had three minutes of subtle stuff behind it or before exactly. it, you know? And Yeah. Well, it's like when you're, I'm sure, I'm sure you probably still get this to today, but, uh, you know, when someone finds out your comedian, Oh, tell me a joke. I, I always just say it doesn't work like that. You right. Know, it's, yeah, yeah. It, you know, I appreciate it. 
But uh, yeah, it's in a club. You're sitting down. You're having drinks. It's warmed up. There's a whole environment. Yeah, exactly. You know? That's a, yeah. Yeah, That's it's right. like, oh, your stripper take your clothes. Like, I mean, I know that that's the oldest joke in the world of the whole. You're 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 a comic. Oh, do you're this, but but I mean, like, yeah, it's sorry, but you know, in terms yeah. of me taking my clothes off, there's a time and a place for it. Yeah, I try <laughs> you know to what have I mean. Two or like, three like just really stupid jokes. You yeah, know, like uh, so they stop. Yeah, they, <laughs> uh, they as are just you know dad jokes. They're like, oh. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, uh, I uh, was going to cut down a maple in the forest and it said, no, I'm a talking tree. And I said, well, you're going to die a log. And that sets them up. They say, oh, yeah, so you do that. Uh, uh, people pay for that? <laughs> <laughs> Just, you know, that's uh, from the... Uh, that's from this book of dad jokes. Uh, oh, you have a book of dad jokes, Rick? <laughs> right, well, that's, that's what you get from I was on your... Oh, okay. When you're a comic. And then you can't throw it out because people want to see it when they come over. Right. Where's well, that book I bought you? Well, uh, pull it out from under the table. Well, yeah. It's like it up. From, from one of my girls. Yeah, from my... Yeah. That's hilarious. A book of dad jokes. Yeah. I you bought know what? you this dad, you know, yeah. when they were young. Yeah. Oh, of course. And I think that's what it is, too. At, at that age, they actually think this is going to help you. Right, I'm right, helping. Exactly, this is, or at least this is something yeah. you're really going to. It's like. not your fucking neighbor, and he's like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like here you go. Yeah, so that's what that yeah, that, that book is good for. That like, tell me a joke. Yeah, <laughs> you're a comedian. Yeah. yeah. Well, you've done you've done what I think uh, is probably it's again one of the f- sort of formulas I'm hearing a lot of guys talking about is the whole, you know, uh, lots of pots on the stove kind of thing is is the diversify, you know, like the writing, the stand up. Sure. You know? I mean, yeah, this is a hustle, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, every, yeah. Does it still, <laughs> this is the part where I take away all hope for the young comics listening, but <laughs> does it still feel like the grind and the, the, the struggle? Like for sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, well, uh, not in the sense that, like I was saying earlier, I'm not interested in the, in the road, uh, right. as much as I, used to be so uh yeah but I, I imagine for a lot of people yeah it's still quite a grind yeah. yeah yeah um i've asked this of my guests in the past is did you ever um like throughout your your career in comedy like did you ever have just in like incredibly low moments like was there any times that that you know you were like i'm gonna hang it up like anything any times that come to mind where something happened you're like that, that's it i'm done with this you know, you shared the the yuck yucks, right? Where they were like, nope. You're like, well, fuck that for a year. Was there ever a right. time after yeah. you were hitting like these right. successes just, where you're just, just like, like, that's, that. yeah, yeah, I'm like, I got to find something else. Like, I just don't see this long term. Oh, yeah. Like, when I left yucks in 2003 or so. Jason wanted me to ask you about that, actually. I'm glad you brought I, I oh, would have forgot. Right? Jay's like, ask him to tell the story of how he left yucks and came to. <laughs> Oh, I don't know if there's much of a story other than I was just going to say at that point, I was ready to walk away from comedy yeah. in general. Like I, I thought that's what I was doing, you know, other than I knew Jason had this club going to start it up, but you know, I, I mean, I didn't have, I had no idea it would become what it has become. Right? right. I thought maybe this is something that maybe it'll go, maybe it won't, but right. Like all comedy clubs that start up. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like there were a bunch before him that came and went, you know, so yeah. I figured this is another one or two year deal. So at that point I thought I was walking away from from comedy right know? yeah um yeah no there's a bunch of times like i um in 2001 i went to algonquin and took a multimedia course for a year because it's just you know like i'd done comedy for 10 years time to get on with your life you know right. and so but then but that's not that's when i got hired to, to work for bullard you know right. i worked there for a bunch of years and then um and then that show came to its end and then uh yeah and then i um 
I delivered mail for like about six months, you know, I was walking away from crime because at this point now I had two young, young kids, you know, yeah. And, and yeah, so you can't really, you don't have the luxury of, of saying I'm an artist, right. <laughs> you know, like you, you got to put the, you got to put the beans on the table, you know? Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, at that point I walked away from comedy too. I, I, I was a mailman and that's when I got hired by Mercer, you know? So you know, you know, it's like, uh, they keep dragging me back. Yeah. <laughs> they keep trying to walk away. Well, I heard, uh, I think it was, uh, geez, who was it? Uh, Trent's, Trent's podcast, which he doesn't do anymore. And I, if Trent, if you're still listening, get back on that. Cause it was a good podcast. He's, he's a very positive dude. Trent McClellan. Yeah. 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 And he's, uh, I he's, don't know him well, but yeah. Yeah. He, uh, just in the sense that he's, he's big on, you know, on, on the grind and just keep, you know. Just keep writing, keep doing it. Well, yeah. Like, imagine you had any other job. Like, yeah. if you get up and write comedy for, like, three hours each day, you're still working five hours less than everybody else. It's you true. Know? You know? He's the one who, uh, he was talking to me. He said that he was one of my first interviews on the podcast, but Trent was saying that, like, there's an old saying that he likes, and I've, I've quoted him and whomever it came from many times since is like, you know, there's all these comics that say they want to be comedians, they want to be this and that, but they're spending all night you know, drinking, you know, and then all day playing video games and, and Trent's thing that he shared was like, you know, show me where you put your time and your money and I'll tell you what your priorities are. Right. And so it's like all these guys drinking and playing games. It's like, well, that's, that's what you're doing. You say you want this over here, but you're doing this. So it's like you said, if you can, if you can build your mindset to like, you know, Hey, you have an eight hour day. And if you're not carrying mail or, or slinging coffee or flipping burgers or whatever it is, then put that into you know, an eight hour shift doing comedy. Even like you said, right. if you're only doing three hours, a your page is in blank at the end of the day, like you said. And yeah, uh, yeah, even if you only have one paragraph, that's more than you had that morning. That's right. And you still worked five hours less than anybody else. Yeah. It's still not a hard grind, right? It's still, yeah. I mean, there's still, I mean, when you get into the, the touring and the booking shows and stuff. Right. Yeah. Like when you're really a professional, uh, it, I, I'm not saying that's not hard work cause it, it, it can be, but I'm, I'm just saying when you're developing your act or something and you want to say you're a professional comedian, yeah, then, you know, then be a professional. Yeah. Then be a professional comedian. Then yeah. Don't just say it. Just, yeah. Yeah. I, I guess the biggest thing I always worry about too, um, is I always worry about the whole, like, it's a job with no security. Yeah. And it's, yeah. uh, I think the biggest thing that I fear when I'm sitting down and I'm writing, cause it's like, you could like, you can write all day if you're, you're a professional writer, but for, I guess a guy coming up, who's like, I want to write my material or I want to write this big thing. It's like, you can even have 10 pages at the end of the day, yeah. but there's no dollars and cents necessarily attributed to that work. I, not, I find not the directly no, right. No, right. But when you go out and do your bits, you're going to have such a, such a quiver full of boats here yeah. full of arrows or you know you're going to be so well stocked and loaded that there's no way that people aren't going to notice that this guy's way more together than you know those other two guys on the show or, yeah i gotta start doing that i gotta start doing that i yeah i apologize for all the questions that are like that like i said it's a lot of the the personal stuff that that i look at and i go okay but what about what about this and it's work this is working good and whatnot so yeah exactly or, or you must sometimes you must come up with a joke that you can't wait to get to a stage to try out eh? like, the, the, yes but the issue is now i'm having difficulty getting stage time oh, um only yeah. because of the whole exclusivity thing the one who broke free to uh, you know avoid that is now imposing that same thing. Right. So yeah. it's kind of like I get this great idea for a joke, and I, and I I don't know if it's the same for you, but like you said, you get this great idea. I I, I got to get out and tell this joke, and it's like, yeah, you can't, you can't. I can give you a spot next month, and you're like I'm not going to give a. F I mean, yeah. and maybe that's me. 
But I'm like, I'm excited now. You kind of got to get that energy. Like, I got to get it out. So at least it's a joke, you know, because it's not a joke until we say it on stage, right? And know that it's funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I struggle with the whole, like, okay, well, if I can't get on now, then it's like, great. Or I can keep, you know. Yeah. Two oh, weeks no, later, true, I'm like, yeah. all right, well. Yeah, like I had one last week that I couldn't wait till this week to, yeah. <laughs> to try it out. Yeah. And I did. It's okay, but <laughs> really? it really wasn't as great as I thought it might be. Oh, but it's still, it's, it's, that's the thing is to get it out there. So just do it. You know what I mean? Just do the writing, just get it out on stage and things like that. Mm. Um, yeah, I, uh, I know a lot. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited for a lot of people to hear this too. So that they know that it's not, you know, that's it's I, I, nothing but yeah, sitting down and trying and doing it. Yeah. And it's, I think too, a lot of times some of the younger guys, like they'll, they'll, they look up to people like yourself who've had successes and have a work ethic, everything like that. And I right. think, because I think they haven't seen the 80% of the shit I write. That shit, <laughs> right. Yeah. I only I, bring out the 10 or 20%. Right. And they, they, uh, I think they, they just think like, ah, oh, well he's been, you know, he's been writing for so long and he's not even probably fearful anymore. He just gets up and just, oh, he's just right. Yeah. It's easy. Well, you don't, you don't write. But it's it's good for them to hear that it's like yeah it still sucks like you said four minutes well, and then I might get yeah. up and go grab a tea or something like that like it's it's not easier you've just learned to appreciate what you have on the page at the end of the day I guess so I, I, but also like anybody listening to this that's seen me in the past ten years knows I hadn't changed my stand up act much at all <laughs> you know like I'm just now starting to write for myself again right so. Yeah, while I was writing for us, like I say, I've sort of sold that, you know. So yeah, so my stand-up act kind of really stagnated for a long time, you know. It, it still worked, you know. Right. Oh, abs- oh, absolutely. But um, but I yeah, still now watch I'm it. just getting to the point of writing again for myself. How does that feel? Oh, it's great. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah. Like uh, like I'm just sort of coming back around to it, but uh, yeah, it's kind of exciting to know I can talk about anything. You know, I can look at today's paper and, and if I can come up with something about it, I can go up tonight and talk about it. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. That's, you know, like that's uh, becomes a luxury. You know, when you're kind of used to typing it into a computer, like you were saying, and then there's not much feedback until you watch the show later. And yeah, yeah, that's the only feedback you get. You know, that's the hardest thing with the podcast. As much as like as much as I'll do a joke on stage and I'll be uncomfortable with the bomb or whatever, like with the podcast, I'm staring at the wall and I have no, there was no feedback. Right. So I'm exactly. just like, I so hope this is interesting. Again. Yeah. Yeah. And, yes. and sometimes That's even if you start to go, Oh, this sucks. And I'll just, I'll finish the story and I'll zoom through it. And I'll be like, all right, at least it's done. I finished the story. And then I'll get the feedback from the people who listened later and go, I really wish you'd told more about that story or well, yeah. like, it's, it's like, crazy to not know what's enjoyed and what's not. Yeah. Yeah, this is something I'm just learning now, uh, and maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> maybe I'm just thinking wrong, but it seems to me, maybe audiences are different, but they're they're just as happy to listen to something uh, that's engaging. It doesn't yes. have to be, like when we were doing it in the 90s and the 80s, like you had to have a punchline every 20, 30 seconds. Like right. you had to have two laughs a minute at least, you know? Yeah. It seems to me a little more freeform now, Like, but people will still stick with it. Like, yeah. They'll still listen if you're- if it's interesting, you know. Yeah, and if yeah, I, I find have too, to be building to a punchline or be hilarious. That's right. Some shows are like if you're talking about gardening or a science podcast or a crime investigative. It's like okay, well they've got structure to it, but I think a lot of people, it's just content. It's right. free. It's not like we're charging anything for this, you know. Yeah, no, so, I mean stand up too, though. Oh, I see. Yeah, I, I mean stand up like it uh, just seems to be like not as much pressure to have a punchline. <laughs> every, yeah, every three, but. Well, Carlin was the, if I'm not mistaken, George Carlin was the one who said, if you're not going to be funny, be interesting. Yeah. So as long as you're. People still, 
if you're engaging and interesting, yeah, I think people follow along. It's funny, eh? Because the stereotype people say that there's no uh, attention span anymore, but right. as far as comedy goes, I don't know. I don't know. Seems My- like the extension attention span has uh increased yeah my my dad told me this interesting fact the other day uh goldfish have a 12 second attention span right goldfish have a 12 second expe- attention span uh and stanford or yale or harvard one of the ivy leagues uh schools did a study very recently that says the average teenager has a five second attention span right <laughs> Right yeah. now, I did immediately so, yeah. argue. I, I'm, so, with, I'm totally off with what I'm saying. No, no, no. But but I I just mean that like I I go at the same time the goldfish have the plant and the scuba guy like and right. that's the only thing that can distract them stimulus wise. Right. But uh, you know, and the teenagers yeah. have the phone and the fucking well, Coca Cola and Fox the advertising. A great joke, eh? Kevin Fox. Do you yeah. remember him from out in Vancouver? Anyways, he would talk about a goldfish girl. Hey, look, a castle. Yeah. Hey look, yeah. yeah. hey, look, a castle. Hey, look. Hey, look, a plant. Yeah. You know, Jeremy yeah. Hotz had but one where- constantly it would... excited and surprised. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. That would be, yeah, that would be great. It's uh, <sighs> it's hard to see what people are into today, too. And that's the thing, too, is, right? A lot of people in a, in a five-minute conversation, if it's like they're not constantly stimulated, they just grab their phone, uh-huh, and they're just- constantly yeah. you know yeah. that that book i'm i'm listening to right now the uh, the happiness equation refers to the the culture of more like we used to just be good with our needs and now it's like a culture more in fact right. uh, i think just the turn of the century um there was like a again harvard or stanford all the smart people schools right yeah right the smart people school was yeah. saying that like we the people need to get off the culture of enough and we need to create a culture of like more the people that, that want more and need more or whatever they even talked about the comic strip, the Keeping Up with the Joneses. Oh, okay. And that was all about a guy who moved with his wife from San San Francisco to like New York, where they lived in a in a suburb of like Long Island where everyone there was rich. And he got a great job at a newspaper or whatever. And it was like, but they were trying to compete with their rich neighbors and it was difficult. And they eventually gave up and moved to like a, a poor area of Manhattan. Uh-huh. But he but he started writing the comic strip about like what it was like trying to just constantly compete oh, yeah, with the neighbors. Eh? Yeah. And it was Stress. like, yeah, and he was saying that the neighbors he never saw it was originally it was keeping up with the Smiths, but they changed it to Joneses because it sounded better. Uh-huh. But uh, the whole and then, and then the, you never saw the the Joneses. It was always this one family, and I can't even remember their name. But they were constantly. It was like Maris from uh, Frasier oh, or Vera yeah, yeah, from yeah, Cheers, yeah. where you, you never, never saw them, them, but all of the description of them and did you see? They just got this and that. But but it was like widely popular. But it was it was part of this whole new culture of like more. Like you, you just yeah. never have enough as opposed to being like, we're totally content with what we have. Right. It's just more, but yeah. I guess it's, it's, it's almost getting like that now with, with social media too. It's like your attention span. It's like, you're just more like, you can't just be present and like, yeah, there's nothing right now. Like I've, right. I've felt myself in my thirties cause I was, dude, I worked for telecom for so many years. Like I was the guy helping people buy the smartphones and putting the devil in their pocket sure, kind yeah. of thing. You know yeah, what I mean? I told you I took that multimedia course cause I wanted to help build the internet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you actually, thank you again for that. You built my very first website. I did, yeah. You did. <laughs> thank you right, again Josh, for that. Right, yeah, that's yeah, right, because right. when you said that about going to school, I'm like, that's Jesse right. You know, like, oh, no, we, we based, we, we based on it on Jesse's. Jesse's. <laughs> yeah, that's how that came up. That's yeah. right. And Jesse, I told him, I go, I go, mine looks a lot like yours. I hope you're kind of, he goes, I don't mind. But then like a month or two later, he changed his entirely. And I was oh, like, you know right. what? I don't care. I like <laughs> it. But uh, yeah. it's uh, it's interesting how like uh, like I now love like this sitting in the backyard i can imagine a teenager sitting here going this is fucking boring right 
You know what I mean? Like, oh, why don't we just do something? Like, go inside, play video games or whatever. And it's like, and I'm like, oh, I, I love this. Like going up to my friend's cottage yeah. and just sitting by the fire and having some drinks, little conversation. Like I yeah, don't, don't miss the, the electronics at all. Like my phone doesn't even work up there, you right. know? Yeah. And it's great to just sit and, and be present. And like, do you, do you find that as well? Like the more. For sure. Yeah. That's yeah. why we built this, you know, like just like, like all we're missing is the lake, but it's sort of like having a dock. You know? Yeah. It's like sitting on the dock. Oh, it's gorgeous. I love the two levels too. I don't know where Misty went. She oh, seemed, she's, she's back inside. inside. All the yeah. dogs are like, yeah, fuck this. You guys can <laughs> sit outside. No, this is, I, I love this stuff. And, uh, I, I recently was working on a, a little bit where I always say working, like I came up with the idea and I may have put pen to paper for like five minutes. But I love the things like when we were young, the stuff that was like the absolute worst right. is now like the absolute best. Like when you came home from school and you're like, oh, nothing to do. I'm so bored. I'm like, now I, I love walking there. Like there's nothing to do. It's, it's so good. I don't <laughs> yeah. have to do anything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You know, yeah. as a little kid, like, I don't want to take a nap. I know what? it's like the worst. Now I'm like, I get to take a nap. Right. Exactly. It is the yeah. best feeling like crawling into bed, pulling the sheets. I'll be like, oh, yeah, it's going to be okay. It used to be a punishment. Eh? Yeah. Like, you can't go out. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh. You're like, oh, really? I just have to stay in bed and lay on the couch. <laughs> exactly. Gary Goldman had to a, go out. Yeah. Okay. Gary Goldman had a great bit about like, I think going to bed in the afternoon, laying in bed under the comforter. You're like, it's comfort level is rivaled only by the womb. <laughs> like, <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah. But so I, yeah, I, I dig that stuff. I'm, and it's funny too. So well, I'm just, I'm in my fifties, right? So, so I like to sit still. Yeah. Well, I don't, <laughs> just I, sit. we were talking about that. I said, I'm, I'm a fat, I'm a 36 year old obese guy. So I feel like I'm in my seventies, my eighties. I'm in my, my golden years. Right. Yeah. My heart's going to explode any day now. So well, I know I'm bigger that, than I've ever been. Yeah. Really? I think so. Yeah. Oh, it doesn't show. I don't know if that means I just said you always looked fat or no, I'm kidding. <laughs> exactly. okay. yeah. no, I didn't notice, but we were also in leisure clothes, right? I was, I was worried that I was, you know, grossly underdressed in my shorts and a t-shirt today. And then when you answered the door in your shorts, I'm like, we're good. Yeah, we're good. Yeah, <laughs> we're wow. not trying to, it's not a video podcast. We're not trying to impress anybody, <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. but, uh, that's yeah, kind of cool. Much. I, uh, I, I dig that. Yeah. I don't know. I, uh, trying to find a footing to get the conversation back into, but I, uh, I like that. I like that, that you're having fun with stand up. you know what I mean? And you're, you're, you know, you're getting excited about writing new stuff or whatever. And yeah, it is a good thing. Yeah, it's probably, this is, this will be my downfall, right? You think <laughs> so? As soon as I'm starting to get exciting, uh, excited. Yeah. I'm going to write a whole bunch of shit and everybody's going to say, oh, well, he, you know, well, like you said, it's gonna be one of those used to be funny guys. Well, like you don't have the writer's room to just burn it all for you now. You don't get to, they don't burn the seventies. You gotta, right. you gotta burn the 70% on stage now. Right. And eh? let the yeah. audience be the other ones who are like, no, we're not using that. Yeah. Well, that was <laughs> the beauty of TV too, is there was always either a head writer or a producer that would kill your babies for you. You know, yeah. you just hand it all in and they, they pare it down to 10%. Right. Right. Yeah. Do you have a, a different process for stand up now? Um, not consciously, but probably unconsciously, just, yeah. you know, haven't been through all that. Um, are, yeah. you, are you doing yeah. it like a daily thing? Like, like I try things? to, um, I think, you know, when I first started, like like everybody, I think you just do anything that gets a laugh, you know, anything that gets any sort of reaction, even if you get a groan or whatever, like you put it in the act, you know, and now I think I'm more selective than, right. like, even if it's a joke, if it's like for we were talking about punching down, like I'm trying to keep my my act pretty positive now. Like mm-hmm. even if it is talking about some stuff, if if you if you looked at it objectively on paper, you'd say, yeah, no, it's all pretty positive. You know, like yeah. like last night I got a real ooh, you know, because I was talking about Doug Ford, right, and uh, 
and that was all going well, you know. And then I said, uh, and then he kicks an autistic boy and runs away, you know. Right, and they go, and oh. oh, you know. But the fact is, he's, you know, that's his character. He's been picking on autistic people and, and whatnot. Like if yeah. you if you looked at it objectively, it's a it's a political thing. But then the next guy who came up after me goes, well, how do I follow picking on autistic people? You know. Oh, that's <laughs> like, yeah. You know? They just feed into that. Yeah, yeah. that's. So. Oh, they're coming to get us. They're coming. We gotta they, go. We gotta they go. heard you say Doug Ford and autistic. Yeah. Not these dying motherfuckers. <laughs> that would be great if, if Doug, Doug Ford's level of insecurity rivaled the president's. Uh, and he's just like, they're talking bad about me again. <laughs> Shut right. up. We haven't even broadcast this yet. How the fuck did they? <laughs> yeah. That's the OPP up there. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah, that's another thing that, you know, you notice now is the people... You know, they hear a word and they react to the word and they don't even take them the minute to, yeah. you know, look at the context. It's almost like people yeah. are all afraid, like if they're not the ones to ooh it, that's like, oh, you didn't do that. So people are just, I hear, oh, it's like, did you hear what I said? Did you hear? You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do you find uh, like, I mean, obviously it's, it's <sighs> some of these feel like questions, you know, they're for new people, not for yourself, but just, you don't find yourself, uh, still stuck in that writer's room with the writing like it's with your comedy writing you don't feel like you're still writing in a different voice it's been pretty easy to just no oh. this is just what i want to say like it no feels- that's the yeah that's the real luxury of writing for yourself right yeah yeah, yeah you're writing in your own voice right <laughs> yeah. but you don't feel yourself like starting to write something going, no fuck no that's not what i need to do here it's you know like you, you're not you're not having a difficult time separating the two no i don't think so yeah that's good no i think it kind of comes naturally when you're writing for yourself you're just you know that's good too yeah, yeah yeah you can take those filters away i certainly don't look at what you do as the same as some of these other categories and not to shit on anyone but like you know how you look at people who talk about like cruise ship comics like that's where it you know goes to die or whatever a thing like that like right. i've heard people worry that like when you do one type of thing too long that you've you lose the other you know, right. and I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think that of this, but I guess that's why I asked was just kind of like, do you feel after doing the other stuff for so long, it makes it more difficult, but no, it's just kind of like, nope, it's just shifting gears back to another, another style. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. In, a, in a nice way, it's just like, you've just, you know, put another tool in your toolbox. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it doesn't mean you can't still go back and do the other things, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's like, if you're a singer, you know, you can be in a wedding band, but you can also have your own, uh recordings right yeah. like you can have your your funky acid jazz uh yeah, yeah. podcast plus you can still play in a wedding band that's true yeah, yeah. and I, I i like the different it's good that you said like it's a tool in your belt i like the different aspects again to, to go to this book i'm really enjoying this book by the way but they were talking about how like yeah. they like the old greek way like a lot of people think now it's like oh you just get a job and this and then you just do that forever it was like but the old greek way was like when you were young you know, you would get an education and then you would be in the military. Then you would own a shop or contribute, you know, to culture. Then you would join the Senate when you were older, you Uh know, and then, and then you would be a philosopher in your like golden years or whatever. So the whole idea is like you did a little bit of everything. You didn't just stay one thing your whole life and then that's it. Yeah. And it's kind of cool to keep learning those new things and keep contributing and, and, and putting new tools in the belt, like you said. For sure. But these are all still just tools in the, comic belt right, right? With like it's like sometimes i i look back and think holy shit i've all all, all i've done is be a comedian like you yeah. know which is you know like i guess it depends on how you look at it whether that's uh you know a worthwhile thing or not yeah i i do agree but a lot of them are trans the thing with comedy is we're just sort of talking about life yeah so in order to be able to talk about all these different things you kind of have to have like like i said like to to myself 10 years in stand-up 
And the idea of like looking at a blank piece of paper or a blank screen is like I, horrifying. Right. But it's it's not so much about the typing and writing. I like that you sort of mentioned almost that stream of consciousness dump where I don't even mm. know if I'm talking about the joke. I'm just typing for the sake of typing, getting that that shit out of your head. It's almost like yeah. power washing the, the 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 neuroses or the overthinking in your head. You're just getting it out yeah and then it exactly. just makes it a cleaner surface like cleaning off a table and the beauty is you know like i was talking about moving your key your fingers on the keyboard which um you know is how i do it but you know you can you can talk type now too right yeah <laughs> you can just sit there with your microphone and it'll all come out on the page and uh yeah i think i downloaded that temporarily but yeah. my phone is now trying to end all my relationships by auto-correcting nice words into horrible words <laughs> that still work in context for christ's sakes <laughs> I remember one time I messaged Crystal forever ago and I was like, she was saying she was feeling crampy and I'm like, Oh, I'm really sorry to hear that you're having a, you know, a bad day. It's, uh, you know, I'm sorry you're feeling crampy and it's, and it was like, I'm sorry you're feeling crabby is what it changed to, you know, I don't want to bother you when you're crampy is I think what I said. And it was like, I don't want to bother you when you're crabby. And I'm like, Oh, that would have really been a horrible thing for you to have said. And I've written down a list of them since. Like, everyone's got a million funny autocorrect memes that yeah. what happened. But it's just like, I think that's how the, the computers are going to take over humanity. Is that They're not going to just come at us one day when we can all band together. It's going to turn us against each other first. That'll be one, one <laughs> and of them. Yeah. And then they're like, all right, they all hate each other? All right, go, go, go. That'll be one way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Today has had a record setting unfriending and blockings. All right, they're against each other. Go, attack now. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sure that's going on already. Like, I know for sure. Like, well, I don't know. Yeah, but, but I'm pretty positive like this... Um, Cambridge analytics and whatnot, right? That's exactly what they're doing is saying, okay, let's get this group of people really mad at that group of people. And yeah. yeah. Oh, I, sure. uh, I, I, at Jason's request, uh, went to sleep last night with a flat earthers documentary on the, okay. Have you, have you looked at any I of this I did stuff? watch one on, on Netflix. Yeah. I still, Oh, that's probably the beyond the curve or something like yeah, that. It's called. The one I saw. Yeah. yeah. I, I was probably about 40 minutes and I still, I just don't get it. I, I loved watching it and some of their stuff. I'm like, I still didn't buy, couldn't, tried. I'm like, I want to watch it as, as openly. I'm just watching these go, I can't. Yeah. And there's no scientists. I'm like, well, scientists couldn't get on our side because then they, then the people, they'd lose their job. I go, well, probably because they were reporting on a, f- right. <laughs> something well, that's not, not like a- one person that hires all the scientists. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's like, no, you got nothing. And then, and then one guy even goes as far to like say, oh, we tested something and then we're going to put this gyroscope in and it's like, well, and if, and if the earth was round, then this thing would move, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, oh shit. Like, I'm like, here's the part of the documentary where they maybe, maybe make me think a little bit of doubt. Right. And they're like, and then we did it and it, and sure enough, it moved 15 degrees. Like, it's like, right. they're yeah. like, well, this doesn't look good. And then they're like, well, what if we'd put it near that they tried another test and it was still round. <laughs> you right. know? And I'm like, That's what I was thinking. Right. Too. And yeah, I go, like well, they keep the changing fuck? their experiment to yeah. try and get the result they want. Yeah. yeah. I go, well, at this point yeah. you got to fucking realize realize ah maybe we've been happy. barking up the wrong yeah here, maybe the yeah. fat guy trying to marry the chick with the fake tits you know those two in the blog or whatever right. like maybe yeah it's just well just the fact that bubbles around right like when when anything has no real uh pressure against it when it's allowed to take its it's whatever its natural form you know like uh, whether it's a gas or a liquid or whatever yeah it's always round right? yeah so 
that's why in space wouldn't this rock be round exactly and they're like well we're hurtling this and we, we don't want to feel that i'm like no and they're like i can i can see the the other side of the river there wouldn't it be all the way down it's like well the, the earth's not the fucking 500 meters around it's yeah. gigantic or what about in the 1500s when the you know the, the spanish armada would leave from uh, out on the atlantic ocean and they would get smaller and go over the edge and they would disappear yeah yeah they, you know, they fell off the edge of the world it's like, oh, no, but then they came back with ink and gold. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, they got, oh, yeah. I just, I, I, I love anyways, watching that shit. It's, yeah, we don't need to argue that, but that's a perfect <laughs> example of, uh, yeah, of misinformation. Like, it's, yeah. it's pretty bad. Yeah. Which is, goes back to why I'm not on Twitter. Or, right. Yeah. Well, it's a funny thing, too, for, like you said, it's content. It's as much as I can't imagine anyone in their right mind. And I'm sorry, any of my onesies who may be flat earthers. You know, I still love you probably for a million other things of your personality, but that one's a little tough for me. But, yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, everyone's <laughs> choose whatever they want. Yeah. Try to be sensitive to, I, I really would be but, very surprised to find out if any of them are. Um, I don't have a lot of hits from Alabama. <laughs> you know, I got, I got Oregon. You yeah. should see the, the West coast, the whole West coast is all lit up with, with downloads. Oh yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. The West coast and New York and. You know, a lot of the places where there's universities and stuff like that. I cringe because it sounds horrible like there isn't in the South. I know there is. Thank you, Florida, for your downloads. Mm-hmm. Sweet but, home. <laughs> Sweet home, Alabama. Yeah. But, I, yeah. I, I, but like you said, content, right? And even though you don't have to agree with it, it's still interesting to listen to see what, watch and listen to see what other people are thinking and yeah. doing and stuff like that. Yeah, that's right. Like I say, I watched that movie. You know? Yeah. Like, so, yeah, it's not yeah. like... I do, do you ever okay and I'm, I'm not trying to tie you down because I think I think we're almost at the two hour mark so I don't want to steal your day right but uh I always I always watch these things now and the older I get fuck the older I get it the more I realize I don't know anything you know what right. I mean oh, okay like yeah. it's just you when you're young you know everything and the older you get you're like fuck there's so much more to know and I don't know any of it and yeah. there's so many you learn about different perspectives and stuff you're like fuck I have no concrete on anything leave me alone <laughs> I just I just want to sit and stare at the trees and go Right. Yeah. But uh, I sometimes yeah. watch these things and I'm like, fuck is like, is it me? I'm like, am I not? I hope to be open. Cause that's, I, the whole time watching this thing, I go, I'm going to feel really stupid. If in five years dad just blow the and like, fuck it is flat. Right. It yeah. is flat. Even, yeah. the, even the people who thought they were taking a picture of a round thing sincerely yeah just couldn't do it every time they tried to fly around that it just kept bending with them you know right. it was following the only thing in orbit staying facing it as the lights spun around over top somehow yeah well luckily like i've been proved wrong and stupid many times you know? <laughs> so if that happens That's... fine i'll take that i'll say yeah you were right you were right all along but uh i don't think it's gonna happen so uh your website rickcurry.com yeah, rickcurry.com. C-U-R-R-I-E. Yes, that's right. Rickcurry.com. Uh, yeah. There's there's another Rick Curry who's a master goldsmith. Really? Uh, yeah. He's in uh, Michigan State Prison right now. <laughs> oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah. So okay. uh, so I'm not him. I'm I'm the other Rick Curry. Okay. I yeah. thought he was going to ask you. Like I was like, and he got a writing gig for you too? You're like, I need you, I need you to write some parole letters for me. Can you help me punch these up? <laughs> right. Yeah. No, but if you Google me, this guy shows up. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I, I have Googled you a few times to get your face on uh, on posters and stuff like that, but I always seem to get you. Oh, is that right? Yeah. You don't see Rick Curry, Master Goldsmith? No. I found this out recently. Um that I mean, I, I know that the internet's always catering what we see and what we're advertised to, but did you know that like Google, um, this isn't slander. All right. This is what I've understood from things. All right. I'm not saying this is a fact, but this is what I understand. 
um, that Google tailors your search results based to your political views. Yeah. So if, if that you were like, me, yeah. yeah, like if you were, um, I can't remember the example that I heard, but it's like, if you were like, you know, uh, left or right if you googled like gun control or whatever like the articles that you would get would be like to support your position oh, versus I, others. i'm 100 so, sure that's true yeah, yeah which is why it's fucked up that like people are like oh google it and it's like well you can google that and you're well that's if you're I mean. right you're it's gonna get all being used to divide us yeah 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 so it's like it's more like to make you happy with its results but at the same time you're like you're not getting the same articles as someone else who googles the same thing exactly and that's why the arguments get so heated because each person can't believe this idiot has right. not read any of this stuff you know yeah. yeah 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 but uh but both sides are thinking that like you're <laughs> fucking idiot like don't you and the other person has read just as many articles that say the exact opposite yeah, yeah. and again that's cambridge analytica or google or whoever right um feeding people what they want rather than what is the real stuff you know the real information yeah 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 do you find that and you have... it's just bad on both sides like yeah right. i have friends who are lefties uh you know i'm kind of left but uh i have friends in the lefties who have blocked on facebook because they're sharing bullshit right you know? yeah oh my mother is polarizing people constantly with her with her like every day it's facebook posts that are nothing but polarizing she's anti-trump posts right and then my mom is an anti-vaxxer because she watched a documentary right but like i've even had to be like mom like you realize but when you watch a documentary i'm not saying that the information that they're giving you is not true but at the same time you have to realize that they have a point that they're trying to make yeah, it's and they're pretty going easy to build to it twist and manipulate over an hour yeah. and a half yeah. yeah you're gonna they're gonna build a case in their story for what they want you to to see and to think yeah you know yeah somebody else could use that same footage and create a pro fax exactly uh, so she's just posting polarizing shit all the time and i'm yeah. like <laughs> i'm yeah. like what do, you, what do you do you just make him i'm like mom you're making people angry all day long well yeah you're you not know? changing anyone's minds right right yeah yeah and i always i've always said that the people who know the least are the loudest they're always the loudest yeah you know what i mean yeah. like i don't know blah, blah, blah. like i i think too like one of the things i've mentioned recently is that um, with the, f the whole Facebook thing is like, whenever someone's like, you know what, if you voted for this guy, then, then remove yourself from my friends list right now. I'm like, yeah, that's the, I think that that's one of the worst things you can do because what you're doing is you're isolating yourself and with, with people that only think like-minded and there's so many, cause it's like, and the arguments are different. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah we're, like we're into the echo chamber. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're different politically over here, but then in this topic, we're the same. But then one day I find out you're different with me. So I just keep trimming your social circle. And now every day when you jump on Facebook, you're only getting people who think exactly like you. How are you ever supposed to grow mentally or emotionally and, and take on new ideas and be open to new things when you're basically curating the information that you get right curating the opinions that you get i i don't right. have to agree yeah. with someone okay you you like trump i would rather still see occasionally what you're saying so i get an idea of what that group thinks like right do yes. you know what i mean not oh, to yeah, yeah. not to draw lines but just like i can't and, I, and same thing with lefties like i i i i so don't identify with left or right only because both sides i feel are so like so niche like to be to be truly liberal it's such a fine line. Like the left is just as fast to tell you what you can and can't do and what you can and can't say as the, 
you know? Well, or at least the memes that are uh, catered to the left will, right. will tell you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like someone's speaking. like, I'm liberal. Oh, you, but you can't say this. You can't talk about that. You can't. I'm like, wow, that sounds real liberal of you to <laughs> right. have all these well, rules of what go, you eh? can and can't well, say. Yeah, like, it that's, used to be the right wing that we're all for censorship. And yeah. That's the other side. Yeah. yeah. So to be truly again, liberal. We're talking about sides, which right. don't really exist outside of social media. Well, I mean, to a certain degree, they do a little bit, but they are so exploded on, on, on social media. And that's why I don't uh, engage much because if I want to talk to somebody that's of an opposite uh, 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 political, on the other side of the political spectrum, I'm not going to meet them in a uh, WWE cage in an octagon, <laughs> right? Like <laughs> right. I'll meet them at a coffee shop, but, yeah. but, but Facebook's an octagon. Yeah. And, and people have that up for freedom. Fighting. Yeah, yeah. It, well, exactly, because you can comment. You have the jeez, uh, I can't. Say and this and right. I can't say that's not fun, right? Like that is a <laughs> lot of fun for people, right? Like right. I, I know people that 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 gives them a real rush, like to walk around and say, "Oh, I fucking slammed down a Nazi today," you know? Yeah. Like, well, good. But it's you. like, yeah, yeah and, like, and that's the thing too is like you, you can't can, change you, what other people you, think. You argue with a bot. Yeah. And you made yourself feel good <laughs> about hilarious. it. That's hilarious. Well. You argued with a bot. <laughs> you did. Yeah. Yeah, you probably did. You probably argued with artificial intelligence. Yeah. And then when you got all excited, then you and you pulled your little putt and you're all happy. <laughs> you know? But It's a great way. I win. Exactly. I win. I win. How did you win? I blocked him before he could reply. Yeah. That's how I won. Yeah. Oh, fuck. That's funny. <laughs> That's yeah. It's it's you can't change well, anyone's opinion on the internet. All you do yeah, is make you yourself just, I mad. Mean, if you enjoy the fight, I you know like there's a lot of people that go to boxing clubs. If you like verbal sparring, yeah, go on Twitter. Go on, you know, like and get at her. The boxers but, uh, have the me, decency to shake hands afterwards. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's not you're not even getting that on the social media. Like it's yeah. There's no winners. No. Yeah, and I find that the more someone tries to be civil and respectful in a in a disagreement, the more the other person's like, you know, uh, he's weak. Jump on his back. You know, like right. I, you, you, there's no there's no appreciation for good dialogue on social media. Right. Or yeah. Or I've even seen it. You know, and I'm I'm ashamed to say this, but I've seen friends of mine get you know raked over the coals on social media, and I've been too much of a coward to jump into the fray and say, hey, listen, you know, this guy's okay. It's a maelstrom. You, know? you just get sucked in. It's not. Yeah. There's no, you can't pull them out. You just get sucked in. That's all it is. Yeah, you're only going to be lumped in with, oh, here's another racist bastard asshole. You know, oh, God, yeah. Anti Semitic piece of shit. (laughs) No, no, I'm just trying to say that. Yeah, he's not. He made uh, a mistake. He made, you know. Yeah. Don't, don't kill him. Yeah. It's just a smoker in his backyard, all right? It's not a fucking oven. Yeah. Like it's, no, this issue is jet black. There's no shade of gray. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's, it's, yeah, it's brutal. Uh, you see so the, uh, you yeah. see the guys, uh, I, I've seen it late, like as of late in the, uh, the entertainment industry with some of the people getting, you know, they call it the canceled culture too. When you say something that's too polarizing and then everyone just, I just get rid of you. No, you know, right. fired, whatever. Yeah. But it's funny too, because you'll Blocked. see, you'll see celebrities and comics on podcasts saying like, oh man, it sucks what happened to so-and-so. And they're like, I'd love to make a public statement or whatever, but I, I can't. Right. You yeah. know, like it happens to everybody. Well, it's like, like Roseanne, I just can't touch right? it. Like mm-hmm. Roseanne Barr, like I'm not defending what she said. Like no yeah. doubt she, uh, you know, uh, I don't think she, she was right in this, you mm-hmm. know, 
Uh, but, uh, you know, Norm Macdonald said, hey, listen, you know, she hired me for my first writing gig, and uh, I don't think she's really a terrible person. I I don't know. I'm paraphrasing. Right, right, of course. But that was more or less what he was saying. Yeah. And then he had to go on The View and, like, apologize for yeah. even even possibly sticking up for her. And, yeah. Yeah, come on. That's Well, and that's the thing, too, right? Because everybody's afraid. When I was He's, talking with Pete Johansson, Pete's like, we're in a time now where people can't make mistakes and as human beings we need to be able to make mistakes yeah and then learn from them but it's like now it's like you make one mistake and you're done and then everyone else is afraid that by being anywhere close to you that's their one mistake and then they're done it's like mm. it's people need to be able to make mistakes and that's that's how you grow that's how you learn that's how we're designed as a social species right. is to learn from attempts and interactions and things like that and it's just Nope. Now it's like, nope, you can't, can't say anything, can't do anything. And it's fear, right? right. So everyone ends up walking around afraid all the time. And everybody, when it's, they're- It's all, like, I think, I don't know, but I think it is all population control. I think that's yes. a tool of that. Like keep people afraid, you know, and then afraid to really stand up for things. And then when something comes along that really is worth standing up for, and there are a few of them out there already. We've been conditioned you know, like not this, to. Uh, this border wall and stuff like, or these concentration camps. These are things that are worth standing up for. Yeah. But uh, this is killing, like, like people just, like, they either argue about it online, which gets nothing done, you know, or they put something online saying, you know, like, this is terrible. They share an article, like, of the pictures of, which does create awareness, I guess. Right. But that's all it does, right? It makes people feel like they have done something, but really, they, you know, that it satiates their their need to do something so they're okay i'm sharing this article and then they can yeah. walk away with their conscience thinking okay well Hope i'm somebody helping. who's going to do something yeah. sod <laughs> i've done all i can do and you know uh so i think that uh yeah like when when the internet was built like i was around for all this it was very exciting and i'm not saying it hasn't like advanced our society like this is like gutenberg's press right this is right. launching mankind into the next uh, phase but there's downsides to that, right. you know, and I think that uh, as much as people are lining up to buy the next iPhone right now, in 10, 15, 20 years, people are going to want to throw their phones away and it'll be illegal, you know? Yeah. Like, the people oh, it'll say, be a chip oh, no, in you, you that have... people are getting illegally removed in a back alley Maybe, in yeah, Beijing might, or might whatever. Ex yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah might take my chip out, that. man. Take but it out. people will want to, yeah, like, yeah. will want to disconnect and, and I bet yeah. you won't be allowed to, you know? And right now we're jumping on to connect it's i don't know fast I don't know. now it's fast like it used to be like fuck you know 15 years would go by and they're like introducing the microwave what <laughs> and then they're gonna enjoy a microwave for like 15 years now it's like every three months there's a new app that's out that's complete uber and uh right yeah everything's fucking apple pay and it's like it's like this thing in our pocket like i always tell like i ask people occasionally like what's the one thing that you have on you all the time that like you feel like if you can only have one thing like well it's it's got to be your phone the amount of shit that you can yeah. do with this pay a bill on the spot cash a check the fact that you can yeah. take a picture of a check and it's in your bank account with your phone in your hand, you can call a cab or, or order something to your well, front door the I mean. next yeah, day. Yeah, it's revolutionary, but yeah. uh, but it's so new that there's no laws protecting privacies and, and yeah. whatnot right now. So yeah. so maybe that's maybe maybe <laughs> there'll be laws passed that will protect people and, and, and it won't be such an odious thing, but I, I think soon people want to throw their phones away. Oh, I already want to. Yeah. That's why I'm shit at social media. 
I don't want to pick it up and take a picture. Like I, as much as we be like, Hey, you know, we're hanging out. We're having a good time. I think this is exciting for people or interesting. Hey, me and Rick sitting in the backyard talking to podcast. It doesn't come to mind because I'm enjoying being present and having the conversation. Right. Right. I haven't done that whole, like, has it been five minutes since I picked up my phone and took a picture and told the world where I'm at? Why are we geolocating ourselves at all times? So they know where <laughs> we are and can learn our fucking migration patterns. Right. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, he's got a, he's carrying a microphone <laughs> with us all the time. Right. That's yeah. what uh, Bill Burr says. He goes, yeah. he goes, everyone, he goes with these fucking Alexas and Google homes. Everyone has just bugged their home for them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You just bugged your fucking. I'm like, well, th- that already exists. We had cell phones. Like they're already, it's already bugged. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the whole idea. Smart TV or whatever. Yeah. 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 And I find I this. I remember the first time I hooked up my Xbox Connect. You know, oh, like, yeah. I'm like, wait a minute. This thing's a camera. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just in the living room all day long, every day. Yeah. 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 Oh, and there's like, and it's funny too because it shoots like dots. The one of the the Paranormal Activity movies uses used uh, the camera from the Xbox Connect as one of the the scenes in the movie. Oh yeah. And it's like, and it shows how it maps a room out. So it's like it shoots dots all over the room, and that's what it uses for spatial differentiation. Oh, okay. So they're like, so you can see that you know the person standing there all by themselves, and then you see this full on figure that's not there. The the dots moving like a full figure just walk through the room, and it's. A ghost or whatever, but it showed how it, how the connect actually maps the room out. And that was right. one of the things they used for several scenes of watching that room yeah, at night. Exactly, yeah. And it was like, holy fuck, is well, it at doing least that? That's only connected to the Microsoft system, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How could that ever go wrong? Right. Yeah. And uh, one of the things I heard this, and I'm sorry, Rick, I, I can, we can totally pull at any point, but one of the things I, I heard, I go play bingo with my dad. <laughs> Do you? That's serious. Yeah. Is that fun? No. Oh, because I, I thought about do. doing that. I'm like, you know what? Just again, unplug. This is fucking easy. I can do a letter and a number, <laughs> and maybe win well, some money. Nice that, that seems yeah. okay. Yeah. But uh, I I heard this one time. I I don't remember. Uh, I can't remember who it's. It sounds like a conspiracy theory. I don't believe it was. So I don't really. That's too far down the rabbit hole for me. That everything's a conspiracy. Yeah. But I heard that the Roombas. Uh, because they connect the, for some reason they'll connect Wi-Fi or whatever. Did you hear about right, this? That they'll map your home. They'll map your fucking home, <laughs> right. and they'll they'll send the information. Now they're only sending it for marketing purposes. They don't tell you that they're quote unquote doing it, but they it's basically to get an idea of the spatial in uh, the space in people's rooms, so that companies like IKEA and furniture companies will know how big they should build tables and chairs and stuff. Like so, the average yeah. home has this much space in a dining room and a living room and whatever it is. Right. So should we be building tables that are way too big for the average room and blah 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 blah? Which ones should be on the display? You know, the showroom because that's the average size. So that's the one that most people will see with a setup like their own. Right. With and I was like, holy fuck. Totally yeah. makes sense from well, a that's business what I mean, standpoint. Like how this is such a leap ahead, right? Like yeah. all these little implications you yeah. can use. Yeah, it's it's a trade off. It's a, it's like here's yeah. an incentive. Hey, here's yeah. something that's gonna exactly. it's good for you. And it's like yeah, but what what information are we giving it? Because knowledge is power, right? Yeah. So the more knowledge, or how are we going to keep bad um, influencers from tearing us apart? Exactly. Yeah, that's so. The only- I just, I, I think if, if we've said anything today, forget comedy and writing and success and all those things. <laughs> is well, how... this is nice as we started out with all that, right? Yeah. And we ended up, uh, you know, ranting about the internet. So <laughs> this is two old white men <laughs> yes, signing exactly. off. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, guys, think about that the next time you download an app. Well, uh, dude, I really appreciate you 
uh, you know, giving me your time and uh, and sitting down and chatting. I hope, uh, yeah. I hope it was fun. No, I had a great time. It was good talking with you, Josh. And like I said, I've listened to the podcast before, so. Thanks. I'll make it better. <laughs> Sorry to disappoint. <laughs> Unfortunately, but, not this one. Next one for sure. Yeah. No, this no. This one was great. This one was absolutely fantastic. I know a lot of people who are uh, who are excited to hear this one. Um, and yeah, and I and I look forward to when the new uh, podcast launches soon. I look forward to having you uh, a part of it. Oh, great. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. We'll do that. Yep. Anything, uh, anything guys, uh, listening to this, if, uh, you've made it to the end, which I know most of you did. Yeah. It's a um, long time. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. You, you said the opposite of what I thought you were going to no, say. No, no. It was, it was great. If you guys, they listen in segments, but, uh, you guys will be getting this Friday morning. Uh, Rick Curry is hosting this week at absolute comedy in Ottawa. So go to absolute comedy.ca. You can get tickets and actually see Rick's act Hear the, the great jokes that I love. Here's some new ones that, uh, that you're working on as well. Yeah. Anything else that you've got, uh, that you'd like to plug? I or- had this whole bit about the rolling stones oh yeah and uh, i think it's funny but I, i'm starting to realize people don't care about the rolling stones oh really <laughs> well I, I don't know i, gotta, I think they're biological marvels yeah i'm gonna try again tonight yeah okay and is and you got anything coming up people to check out any any direction you want to point them are you working on oh uh yeah i'm in toronto uh july 10th to 14th okay and uh kingston july uh, up until the 27th, whatever that is, I think the 24th to the 27th or okay. something like that. Yeah, and so all those I'm are all absolute, sure. that absolute dates? Yeah, all absolute comedy. Okay, yeah. so just, just go to the website, check out the different clubs, guys, see when Rick's coming. He's going to be uh, in the near future at all three locations. So we, Ottawa right now, you got a couple days left to check him out, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And then, of course, check him out in the Toronto and Kingston as well. And are you still working on that podcast that you were thinking of doing? No. <laughs> no fair just thought i'd ask we give it up we give yeah, it a plug. hard work yeah, yeah well you guys email in contact at one manpodcast.com and tell me if you want to hear rick uh rick do a podcast because uh, i know a lot of you guys listening uh you know you have a tremendous amount of re- uh, respect for rick curry like uh like myself so uh maybe maybe just having some some outcry from the public yeah well you know i'm not saying i'm never gonna be able to do a podcast <laughs> right, no, no, but the course. concept i had was like way too conceptual like there's it was, it was so much post uh production right. and stuff you know so. i avoid that at all costs yeah so maybe we'll try this this has been great like you're just sitting and talking for a while yeah yeah. Is, yeah so i don't know and it's fun with never two people yeah. i can tell yeah. by your body language you can tell by mine if, if something's not going so it's it helps to talk to another human being to know if the the subject matter is uh is being well received right yeah so Good. thanks for doing this buddy i look forward to the episode coming out yeah yeah me too uh thanks uh, all the onesies for listening and uh yeah if you don't, if you can't see me at absolute uh see rick, rick mercer's uh jfl cross-country tour uh october 19th to november 19th uh coming to a city near you absolutely yep